This is Free Talk Live, and that's a really low music bed uh, from the uh, from the network there. <laughs> there it is. There it is. All right. So uh, 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We are here to take your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Meg. And Mark. And you can join us at 800-259-9231 online at freetalklive.com, where you can actually create the content for the website. Uh, the stuff that you see in the main column of the site is all created by listeners like you. So when you're surfing around, you can submit different things that you like to our website, and then other listeners uh, we'll vote up or vote down on whether they like or dislike your suggestion. And the most voted up, make it to the front page. So get interactive over at freetalklive.com. Quick introduction for people who haven't heard Meg before. Meg, you uh, uh, do some you do some video work for Liberty organizations. You previously worked with OTN. Now you're out on your own. Um, anything else you want to say about your, your, your work for Liberty? Um, I have my website, libertyflare.com. Liberty which, Flare? Yeah. There you go. Uh, for the nerds out there, they'll understand what those are. <laughs> if you've seen uh, Office Space, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't Flare the stuff they give away on Facebook? Um, I have no idea, but it okay. looks kind of the same. So, okay. yeah, I'll say yes. So, uh, yeah, Meg was just on on Sunday night on the, the She Talk Live edition that uh, that we yeah, had. Yeah, had a lot so of fun. Our, list, our radio listeners don't get that show yet. Maybe someday uh, that'll be made available uh, for, for radio, but at this time it's internet only. So our number here is 800-259-9231. Jumping right into your calls, your thoughts. Uh, we go to Kurt in Michigan on the amp lines to start things out. Hello, Kurt. Hi, Meg. Gentlemen, how are you today? Super. Good, sir. It's on your mind. Libertations. Good. I'd like to talk about um, uh, stolen property. Uh, I was listening to the show from two days ago, and a gentleman called in about whether or not land can be owned as property. And, and away from that discussion, during it, um, Mark said that, you know, maybe use the example, if he purchased a watch that was stolen from, you know, if you purchased a stolen watch from Ian, would it be incumbent upon him to return that watch? And then said, no, it would not. And I, I totally disagree with that. A lot of people do. Um, and so make your point, and I will, uh, I, will, I will rebut. Okay. I don't believe that ownership just comes with the exchange of money. I believe it comes with the chain of custody as well. Um, Ian cannot sell something that does not belong to him. And just because you purchased it from him does not mean that it now belongs to you. Uh, it is incumbent upon you to return that watch to its rightful owner if the chain of custody can be uh, uh, laid out, and then your beef is with Ian. Not, you, you don't play that off on the, on the person who had their watch stolen and say, well, your beef is with Ian. Now, my, this watch is mine. And I have to disagree um, because I've done my due diligence. Um, normally when I buy something from someone, it's a reasonable expectation that, that other person is selling it. Now, if you're buying, you know, hey, you want to buy this Rolex for, uh, uh, you know, real cheap, then then you might wonder about whether or not it's hot. But if you've done your due, you know, if, if all things sort of... So all I have to do, all I have to do is sell my stolen property for market value and uh, you're... Uh, it's, I'm, I'm if I want, if I want to buy it, yeah, absolutely. I, and, and here's here's the point. The point is, is that so many things in this world have been have been owned previously, and that your system is, uh, it, you know, it, whether whether or not uh, leaving the morality of it all out. And I don't. I think we could argue all day long. Well, that's what it's all about. It's all about morality. A- agreed, but it doesn't work. Do you understand? It does. No, it doesn't, because there's uh, there's bits and pieces of everything everywhere. For instance, 
Suppose I have some kind of museum piece. I've got, I've got a, as a matter of fact, I've got some ancient coins I got from TrustedCoin.com. And I can tell you, Kurt, some of your ancestors at one point owned these coins. Can if you, you establish that? Can you establish that line of ownership? Or I, can I just say, well, since I know my, my, my uh, uh, ancestors did own some coins, and those are some coins from that time frame. They're mine. If you own, if you can establish, you can. Kurt, if you can establish a, a line of uh, of ownership, does that still mean that because some ancestor, uh, you know, somebody in the past stole those coins from your ancestors, that somehow I'm obligated to give them? I don't to think you? it's. Fa- I don't think it's fair to bring in uh, a timeline into this. I think we need to keep the right. discussion in the current, where someone right. has stolen something today, and look at uh, at how that and works. The owner is still alive. And standing there saying, so, Kurt, let me run something by. Let me run something by you here and see what you say to it, because uh, I, I see where you're both coming from on this. Uh, so, let's say that something is stolen from you, Kurt, and uh, Mark did the stealing. So then, Mark sells that item to me, and I sell it to Meg. Now, Meg's left town at this point. She was going to leave, and she really wanted whatever that item was, that watch. Uh, so uh, she took it with her. I don't know where she is. Uh, who's responsible to make you whole? Well, if I, can, if I know that Meg has that watch. Well, first off, if, if my insurance company makes me whole, then that's, that, would be, that would be, you know, acceptable. But okay. if I know Meg has the watch, I know it's mine, I know it was stolen from me, I can prove that it's mine. Then, then I would be able to reclaim that watch from Meg. Her beef. Would but be you've with already you. been. Wait a minute. Right. Your wait a minute. What about Mark. the thief? What about the guy that stole the watch from you? What about Mark in this case? Well, he, that, do, you, do you just want your watch back? I mean, is that what it's all about? It's it's about that one thing that you want to get back. You don't care if Mark gives you five hundred dollars as uh, as restitution. You still want to get the watch back. Well, it would depend upon the watch. I mean, uh-huh. if it was given to me by my now-dead mother, then yes, I'd want the watch back. Right, but I, I am the one who harmed you. Meg is not. Meg isn't responsible for doing anything for you, Kurt. She didn't and harm she you. she should be made whole by the person who defrauded her. But what, you're, so what you're, but you're taking, her, you're taking something from her. You're saying that somehow she's done something wrong. You've got no right to take something that she owns. She's the possessor of stolen property at that point. <laughs> that is not. That, that's, that, that, that's wrong. Kurt. Everything you've got's stolen. Do you understand that? The the bits of something of everything that you have is stolen. The land you live on, the car you drive, the steel in the car you drive was at one point or another stolen from someone, whether it was uh, from an American Indian who made a bad deal with a with a a Dutch settler. A bad deal is not stealing. What's that? A bad deal is not stealing. Oh, <laughs> they, if if, it is if you don't understand. Box. If there's no meeting of the minds, uh, when you have Indians making deals for Manhattan for a few beads, not understanding land ownership in the same yeah, way that Manhattan white settlers back do. Manhattan then was not what Manhattan is now. You know what I'm saying? I understand. Back then it may have only been worth that. Uh, but they didn't have the same understand of land, understanding of land ownership. You have to have a meeting of the minds for a contract, Kurt. So I, do I need to educate you before I make a contract? Yes, absolutely. So if if if, if you're not if well, you're dealing I mean, if you're dealing with an alien if you're dealing with an alien with three eyes, yes, you need to to establish what the concept of property ownership is. We're off we're off point here, though. I mean, I like I a couple of years ago, uh, several years ago, I purchased a used drum set. Okay, and as part of that used drum set, I got a really sweet set of twelve inch old Zildjian hi hats, which sounded awesome. Now, upon, upon uh, uh, inspecting them, 
I saw an engraving, an engraving on there that said Athens HS. Well, there happens to be a high school around my house called Athens High School. Now, I called that high school, and I got a hold of the music director, and I told them, I'm in possession of these hi-hats, and I'll be more than happy to turn them over to you because I don't want to be the recipient of stolen goods. He told me that it wasn't going to be an issue. So my conscience is clear. But the offer, I believe, once you realize that that, that, that property is stolen and the chain of custody can be traced to the rightful owner, that person deserves their property back. Um, now, if I purchase this Zildjian, these Zildjian hi-hats for, what, what did you say? Um, it, was, it was a thrown-in deal. So if I purchase my, some right. stolen Zildjian hi-hats uh, of, of, uh, you know, with, with some level of antiquity to them for $200, and then you come along and you say, hey, my Zildjian hi-hats, you can show me a picture, you can, maybe, the, maybe your name, you've got uh, some, some little code phrase engraved on the, bro- the bottom or something like that. And you can uh, prove to me without a without a shadow of a doubt. Do I have to give them to you, or are you going to compensate me my two hundred dollars? That's not my. That's again. I didn't take your two hundred dollars. I was the victim of a crime. You were so the victim wait. because you just because you purchased those. You are now the victim of a crime by the person who sold them to you. So, um, so your beef is with him. Part of part of this, Kurt, uh, is is the responsibility that somebody has to secure their own property. And I guess I'd have to ask you, um, you know, what responsibility does a person have to secure their own property? Can you drive a convertible full of cash up uh, to Main well, Street and park it with keys in it? But that doesn't mean that somebody can't take something out of out of my home when I'm not there. I'll tell you what, I want to come back and talk about it here because uh, it's a good issue. And if you've got thoughts you want to share, 800-259-9231. More with Kurt and your calls as well at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features that we have there free. So head on over. You can grab archives. We go all the way back to late 2006, all free for you at freetalklive.com. Have you ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without a lawyer who must know what it takes in order to win, and for people with lawyers who want to minimize legal fees, maximize their winning by knowing what their lawyer should be doing. It works for both plaintiffs and defendants, costs less than an hour with any good lawyer, and it's so easy the average eighth grader can go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com, and I've taken the course, and I do think that it's it's invaluable if you're going to uh, be taking a case to court, and I would encourage you to do that, whether it's uh, tickets or things like that, because you, all the talk in the world about fixing the system isn't going to fix it. T- going to court, that can. It's Jurisdictionary.com. 
All right, we're talking with Kurt in Michigan, and he brings up what I think is a, is a very interesting issue, the idea of stolen property and through how many hands can it pass. Can it pass beyond the, the, thief's, ha- the thief's hands and still be considered stolen in that it somehow is able to be automatically reclaimed if the original owner comes back to uh, – you know, with some sort of evidence that it's his to reclaim it even after it's been purchased. So, for instance, if if I have something uh, stolen from me by you, Mark, and then you just go ahead and sell it to Meg, uh, can I somehow get just grab that back from Meg because it was mine? Essentially, was uh, was Kurt's question so far, and uh, I kind of wanted to get in uh, Meg here into this conversation. I know that Kurt had called specifically to ask you because you brought up the issue originally on another show, uh, but uh, Meg, just how do you feel about this issue? Oh, well, I've had like actual theft in my past and I've had situations where I found my stolen property that had been sold on to a second person. And like uh, with me, it was my laptop. And so I had told this person who contacted me after checking it out that, you know, they recognized that it wasn't the person who was selling it. It was mine and had my email address. So they contacted me and I said, yeah, it's stolen and I'd, you know, like to get it back. And I offered them reward for it. And they bought it from this guy intending to give it back to me, I guess, for this reward. And then I didn't hear from the guy for like a month. And so, you know, I did in that case want my property back from this guy who had purchased it from the original thief. And I intended to go after the thief as well with this guy so that we could both, you know, be made whole by what he took. But, you know, it's it's a difficult situation when it comes to that, because obviously if you find your property, you do want it back. Sure you do. And, but it would seem to me the, the most appropriate way to go about it would be to approach the, the person uh, who did not steal it, the person who was the recipient of that Possessor. property, and and make them an offer. Hey, look, you know, that that was mine, and I'd really like to have it back, and, and this is what I'm willing to offer you. And it would seem that uh, that your getting that property back would not be a guarantee, right? You just have to make that person an offer and they'd be have to willing to accept it. But what you could get would be guaranteed restitution, presumably if you knew who the thief was. So if uh, if I came after you, Mark, in this kind of free market world that we're talking about, and we went to arbitration. Yeah, what's moral here? We're not talking about what, what the law says because the law's messed yeah. up in a lot of ways. But I think that it has – there's a basis in it, but we're looking – we're talking about what's moral. Right. So uh, so I come after you, Mark, and you know I know who you are. I know you've got uh, this laptop or whatever it was that, uh, that's been stolen. And I say that you know it was really special to me. And if I can show that this was my grandmother's laptop, and it really made a, you know a difference to me that I should be compensated more than the average laptop or watch or whatever it is we're talking about here, then maybe the arbitrator will say, "Yeah, that was his grandmother's, and there's a sentimental value to it." So. You owe two thousand dollars instead of four hundred, right? You know, wouldn't that be the appropriate way well, to uh, to get yourself made whole? Because you can't guarantee you'll ever see that again. Maybe the the grandma's watch was melted down by somebody, you know. And how many? And how far are you willing to go to try to get this thing back? This thing that has you know memories attached to it, but may have gone through ten different hands at this point. How how far are you? What are you willing to hire a private investigator to to investigate and figure out where all of this uh, you know where this property went to? Well, there's also the addition of the fact that, like, with my laptop, I work from my laptop, so I'm losing my work time Mm -hmm. when that's gone. And, you know, that could be a lot of money for me, depending on how long I go without it. 
Right. And but so I need to be compensated for that as well. Who should compensate you for that? If if the person who receives the stolen property wipes the hard drive to install his own operating system on fresh, your data's gone. It's still your old laptop, but at that point, it doesn't have the same value to it, right? Is the person who's who did the formatting, the person who received your stolen property, responsible for that? Well, at, at any point, it always comes down to the person who stole it. So. Absolutely. Right. And, and that's, that's what I think we're all agreeing on here. Yeah. Right? Kurt is not agreeing on that. No, no, no. We in the studio. <laughs> okay. Kurt is not. I want to bring Kurt back on now, having had that conversation. Uh, your thoughts, Kurt? Well, again, if, if that piece is whole and in its entirety, you should be, you should be able to have that piece back. You should Obviously, be, but does the person have an obligation? Does the person... Absolutely, they do. How, how Absolutely. could they? It's a moral obligation because they now know that it's stolen. So, and, and even though they were stolen, and they were stolen from as well, but not by the person who was originally had it stolen. So, Kurt, so they, that, that, that you're, you're talking about... should not have to bear the loss of their property. Kurt, Kurt you're talking about so, being reasonable here, and not everybody in the world, especially when they're dealing with uh, somebody that they're going to have to give something of value to, if they, if they act in a reasonable fashion, they're going to have to give something to. So, what, you know... I I can I could come up to Ian and say, "Hey, give me uh, g- give me that uh, you know that money that you have in your wallet. I, I I lost it. It's mine." And I could just be making something up. How's he know that he doesn't possess money that I lost at some point on the side of the road? He can't. I can't prove it. But so but he there's, has. A, there's no chain has, of custody there, unless I mean, if you can produce okay, so, serial numbers, if you can produce serial numbers of the bills that are in his wallet. And proof that they were yours, but I mean, you're. But I can just come up with random numbers, right? Hundreds of millions exist. I if I take, if I borrow your car and then go out and sell it, the person who buys it got to give it back. So and if, I'm the one who stole the money that that car represented. If I'm lucky to uh, lucky enough to guess, guess the serial numbers, the bills in his wallet, I get to keep them. Is that what you're suggesting? No, no. What, and I'm saying, what about okay. the onus? What about the onus of uh, of possession that the, the 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 original person has? The the original possessor. If you, for instance, lose a briefcase full of a million dollars on the side of the road, I'm walking down the road. I find the briefcase is a million dollars. Because I'm walking, you have a reasonable idea that I'm not very good with money, and um, I. I go and take the million dollars after I put it in the newspaper for a week. Uh, I say, I found an amount. Everybody guesses the amount. They don't find them. They don't guess a million dollars because who the heck would have a million dollars in a briefcase? I then take the money to the racetrack and I blow it on horses. Then you somehow or another, yeah, man, the, the newspaper story comes out. Man blows a million dollars on the horse, um, on horses. They, uh, they, 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 I mentioned how I found the briefcase on the side of the road and what a great time I had getting drunk and, and the hookers and the horses and the how whole thing. Prove that specific. And then specific you say, million dollars is yours. Uh, but, but no, I. I'm, I mean, I'm telling like you. you. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Kurt, listen to the rest of my story. Then you get a hold of me and say, hey, that was my million dollars. I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry. I put it in the newspaper. I tried to find the person, and um, you know now now the question is, and I don't I don't deny it. I say, yo, yeah, that must have been your million dollars. Sorry about that. Guess you didn't respond to the newspaper ad. Do I owe you a million dollars? Finders I keepers, you know. I don't finders keepers. So when you when you go to work, I can come and find your house. I'm asking you a question. Answer my scenario, Kurt, because somebody has lost a briefcase with a million dollars in it before, and then somebody's found it and blown it on horses. Tell me, do I owe you a million bucks? Well, again, if you if you did not make the if you didn't. <laughs> I'm on. telling you, it's your briefcase. It's your briefcase, Kurt. I'm not saying, I'm not disputing it. It's I'm a saying, big briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> can't fit a million dollars in a briefcase. Uh, you can't put a hundred in hundreds? More coming up. Know. You I've take control. This is Free Talk Live. 
In 2010, you were fighting for your rights. In 2019, we are fighting for our lives. The last illusions of economic stability have shattered, revealing the financial dystopia that lies beneath the surface. The Federal Reserve has run out of lies and out of time. Those who stand for liberty will right their wrongs or die trying. Get involved with the epic animated feature-length film, Silver Circle, at silvercirclemovie.com. Just remember, when they control the money, they control everything. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up anything at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Meg. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. So enjoy those on us, and those features include our bulletin board system. You can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners on our forum there over at bbs.freetalklive.com, bbs.freetalklive.com. So, do you want to know how to give your baby a head start? You can teach your baby, start teaching your baby to read at beginning as early as three months old. I'm not kidding you. It's a, it's easy and fun to do with the Monkey See, Monkey Do Baby Reading Kit. The best part of it is it's risk-free since they offer a uh, one-year money-back guarantee. You order now, get free shipping. Uh, we, we did this program with my son, and I'm telling you, my two-and-a-half-year-old can read all of his colors. Not just regular colors, but colors like indigo and all of his shapes. Octagon. My, my, he points out octagon. Uh, it, it's amazing. Um, and your kid can read, too. It's babyreadingkit.com. You can go there and see a video uh, of, in fact, my son uh, reading some stuff. Babyreadingkit.com. We're back with uh, Kurt in Michigan, who called in with a uh, what I thought was a very interesting issue of stolen property and what is and what is not appropriate, what is what is not moral as far as uh, getting it back. Kurt, are you back with us? I am. Okay, uh, so there was a question I had here because we're talking about the idea of, for instance, I'm stealing a watch from you, and then. Uh, then I'm going to well, sell it to Kurt Mark. Kurt didn't give me an answer on whether or not oh, I owe, owe him a million dollars if he drops a briefcase, oh, thank you for that. A briefcase full of, of, of money out of a window. I find it, uh, then go to the racetrack and uh, and blow it off. Well, if I drop it out of a window, I would I would assume that that would mean that I don't care for it enough to you ex- to you accidentally drop you accidentally dropped it. I mean, accidents happen, right? How do you right? accidentally drop a million dollars? The same way you drop I mean, one dollar, dude. This is, in the, this is totally in the realm of, of fantastical. We're I'm telling about, you, somebody in this we're world... Talking about stolen, we're talking about stolen property. Sure. We're talking no, about actually, property that yeah, I did wonder why you brought this up, Mark. That I lock up, that people come in, circumvent my security procedures, and take. No, we're, talk, we're, what we're talking about, about... We're not talking about, you know, me, you know, gallivanting around with a million dollars. We're talking about the onus of uh, responsibility that the individual who possesses something has for keeping it safe. That's what I'm Is trying to point out here. everything that gets stolen from me because of my lack of due diligence? To some extent, that's true. How much of the gold so from Fort Knox has been stolen? I fear that somebody can rightfully repossess everything in my home? I don't think it's and right, I Kurt. I have no claim against them? I don't think it's right. I think you have a responsibility to secure the things that you want to keep. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Kurt, you always have a claim against the thief. Nobody right. has said you don't have a claim against the thief. So here's my question for you, and you can come back to the other one, Mark. I don't think it was a, the best example because you went away from stealing and you just did something left on the side of the road. So, uh, so my question is, if uh, Mark steals the watch from you and then he sells it to Meg and you go uh, after Mark 
in arbitration and you say, that was my grandmother's watch. It meant a lot to me or my great-great-grandmother's watch. It meant a whole lot to me. And, and uh, you know, the, it might retail for this, but to me it was worth this. The arbitrator comes back and says, okay, $5,000 is fair. So then Mark owes you $5,000 or your insurance company, as you mentioned earlier, might pay that out if that was what the, the appropriate amount would have been for it. Well, the, and the arbitrator then my could question... Just as, the arbitrator could just as easily say something to the effect and bring Megan and say something to the effect of, hey, you've got to give Kurt his watch back. Well, and why, why? It's not her obligation. No, no, no. That's no, 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 no. I'm, not, I'm not talking about saying it to Meg. I'm saying saying it to me, the thief. And mm-hmm. then I've got to do whatever it is that Meg wants in order for me to get that watch. If Meg says, oh, yeah, really? you got to have this watch, huh? Well, I guess that's going to be five thousand yeah, okay, dollars. I know I bought yeah. it for five hundred, but I really like this watch. Right? You know, and maybe she's going to say, "Yeah," and I need my lawn mowed every week for the next ten years. And if that were to happen, then Kurt would only get the you know the restitution for the lost watch for however long that was. So it'd be much less than five thousand because Meg would get the money for right. the watch, and then Kurt, you would get less than that. What would work best for you, Kurt? Well, I would get the watch plus whatever it costs me to to uh, uh, take him. Arbitrate. It's an arbitration. Probably but I much. also think that there'd be there'd be a, 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 an amount paid for deterrence. Yeah. Because I mean, if if I steal ten thousand dollars from five people and only mm-hmm. one person one person you know catches me, you know that means I'm forty thousand dollars to the good. Sure. And right. if I do steal, the worst I can possibly come out is to break even. Because right. oh, I guess I just have to give the money back. I think the deterrence, of course. Yeah, you need to get I think the deterrence is, is in what the thief has to pay to the person who currently possesses the item. And, uh, you know, but an arbitrator will figure all that out. I absolutely agree that there needs to be a level of deterrence. If instead you can't find the thieves, because thieves can be difficult to find, um, but you do find Meg and you bring her before the arbitrator and the arbitrator says, yes, you must give, uh, you must give this man uh, his watch back. And at that point, Meg's been screwed twice by you. The person who goes in there and, and just takes her stuff that, that she did due diligence on. Wait, let me finish. Anybody. That she did due diligence that's, on. And by me, the guy who sold her something that I didn't own. So but now, that was her property at that point, Kurt. That's, that's, the, that's where this is all breaking down. I like Mark's suggestion of, of bringing in Meg into the... property can never become the legal... Well then, and, and then none of us own anything, right? I'm telling you, Kurt, everybody, own, everybody owns stolen property. And if you can trace back that lineage, you know, that, that property line... So you're telling you me... It if somebody, Absurd. If you're telling me somebody can come up with Abernathy Indian uh, uh, blood, that they can come and legally take my property from me? Or uh, no. uh, morally? Yes. No. That's, that's, that's what you just here. said. No, that's not what I just said. What yes. did you say? That, look, if you... Okay, can, can he... If that person can specifically say, well, and, and follow it all the way through. So, again, again... I could just take your property, and as long as I can offload it quick enough, it's no longer yours. Um, I'm telling you that... And then you just have to deal with, well, whatever. Thieves! The guy who stole... I have to deal with the guy who stole my property, and that's what you have to deal with today. Then then I I can make a business out of buying stolen property. That's what they call it a pawn shop, dude. (laughs) (laughs) For God's sake, there's there's businesses like that all over, and somehow people (laughs) manage to survive. The world hasn't imploded from this. No, that's that's because pawn shops are are actually are actually they're they're um, uh, at least here in Michigan, they are one of the very few people who don't have to just give up stolen property. They can charge oh, there's the a right lot owner of stolen property in pawn shops. Pawn in but that's actual legislation. Yeah, I, I really don't care about the legislation. I'm talking about the morality of it, Kurt. And I'm telling you that everybody, you, you've you've diverted from what I'm telling you, which is everybody owns stolen property. 
And if somebody who has Abernathy Indian blood can come to me and prove that they're Abernathy Indian or, or, or to a, uh, an arbiter of some sort, then they get to take my property back because it's known, it is a fact, that Abernathy Indians likely had this, uh, this property jilted away from them in some way, shape, or form, uh, then, then I've got to give it back? I, again, that's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where the chain of custody... It is be, a chain of custody. I'm making a not. clear chain of custody. You, you're going to name every specific person for the last 400 years that this guy has had in his bloodline that, to be able to get to that point. I just need DNA, dude. Possible? I just need DNA, that's all. Is all you need to do is prove no, you that don't. you're Abenaki. You have to you have to prove that a specific person in your No you specific don't. Lineage Not if no no that. the Abenakis lived is, lived it's, in a commune, it's like dude. German heritage, and there's a no, castle it's not the same. over no. Germany, personal property. and I can claim ownership of it because I have the same name. No, That's personal garbage. property, personal property, uh, the, the, the Germans had an entirely different way of owning property. Abenaki Indians owned things as a tribe, and if you can prove that you're a portion of this tribe who owns this thing... This, this land communally, and that this guy owns a piece of this land communally, then everybody who's inside that land needs to give it back because it was stolen. Kurt, thanks for the call. No, that, Appreciate that, hearing from you tonight, man. 800-259-9231. What's that's... absurd is victimizing a person who did their due diligence in purchasing an item two times by the by the person who steals it that previously owned it um, back from them without any kind of compensation. Hey, I just bought the watch at a pawn shop. Yep. Right? That's... That's not buying a stolen. It's uh, not buying stolen goods. There's a difference between buying something that you don't know is stolen and buying something that you know is the stolen. Somebody, the person who did something wrong is the person who stole from you, not That's the person right. who possesses something that was taken from you at no. one point in your life. No, or I like your ancestors, for God's sake. Right. I liked your idea of bringing Meg into, you know, inviting her to come to this arbitration for the chance to sell this property back. I like that idea, but maybe Meg's not available. Maybe she doesn't want to sell this maybe property. Maybe she doesn't. Uh, you know, and, and that's where the onus. What if she gave it to her, ch- her little baby? Then you're going to take something from a little baby. That's the that's where the onus of uh, protecting property that is yours comes in. Yeah, you're responsible for protecting your own property. More coming up. Step. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. By the way, I was wrong. A million dollars can be fit into a briefcase. I figured you could. I it's mean- got to be close, though. Uh, so apparently that's uh, that is online. You can get that answer from the internet. <laughs> Someone has asked and Just answered that, that question. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. And Meg. And Mark. We invite you to our website. You can enjoy the features there free. You don't have to sign up for a membership or anything like that. It's just free. Uh, but if you want, you can voluntarily support the show by shopping with us at Amazon.freetalklive.com. You just enter Amazon through that link, 
And Free Talk Live will get a percentage, uh, a portion of the proceeds of the profits that Amazon would normally take all for themselves. So just start your shopping through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Yeah, and uh, check out, go to free, when you're at FreeTalkLive.com, go check out the uh, SACL CAI banner there. It's at the top of the row on the right-hand side. SACL CAI does not only collections, early out billing, and purchase charged off receivables, but they, they can honestly do anything that has to do with um, mass telephone calls. They have the the software and the hardware to make that happen for you and go check them out sacl cai all right so uh 800-259-9231 would like to invite you to comment maybe we haven't touched all the bases on this issue on the issue of stolen property and what is moral as far as how to deal with that situation and kurt we had on the on the line earlier seemed to be suggesting that if the stolen property was passed on by the thief, sold to another party who didn't know it was stolen, that that person, that third party, still has an obligation to return that property to Kurt, to the original person uh, from whom it was stolen. And that's really, I think, the crux of the uh, the issue of disagreement, with at right. least between us yeah. on the show and Where does and the Kurt. responsibility lie? Yeah, and I don't think... In- you know, the world that we live in today, I don't think people, if you approach them and said, hey, that's my uh, stolen property and, you know, I'm offering a reward for it or whatever. Let's work together to find that guy. But it means a lot to me and I'd like it back. I think most people in that this world would probably see to it that, you know, you got your beloved property well, back. They want they want the the incentive is what it's it's yeah. mostly about. I mean, some people are going to be more uh, flexible and and some are going to be less. But you know, if you buy if they bought a watch for a thousand dollars and you're offering them five thousand dollars for it, you know, suddenly the morality is out of the picture and it's like, wow, I could make four grand on this deal. And uh, you know, so that's where it all comes into. It's the incentives, and I believe that the people that are responsible for for uh, you know, getting the property. Uh, well, the responsibility lies in the hands of the thief. But if you go to an arbiter, you find the t- the thief later and say, hey, this guy stole my watch. I had to pay $5,000 to get this watch back. I want my five grand and I want, uh, you know, another grand for my time and trouble in all this stuff. And I believe this guy is responsible for doing that. Then that thief should have to pay $6,000. And honestly, I don't care if that thief has to indenture himself to some company that does that kind of thing um, in order to to get $6,000 out mm-hmm. of it by turning big rocks to little rocks or collecting garbage or whatever it is that that company does, uh, you know, going to some foreign country and washing dishes or do their gardening. I don't care. And I think that right. that is the, that's the real difference in how prisons and indenture and, and things like that would work in the future. So... I, you know, I, this this situation actually happened to me. I when I went to prison, and um, you know that that changes the scenario a little bit. I had a watch, and the watch was very distinctive, and it got stolen from me the first day I was there because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And um, was it a calculator watch? It was not. It was. Was just there a, a shower scene involved? When the no watch was shower taken? scene in this one. We we had all of our soap came on ropes. The um, the, the, <laughs> just kidding. It absolutely did. <laughs> the, um, rope. The, so. The, I, I find a guy with the watch. I'm like, hey, and, um, you know, you've got my watch, and and he was very flexible uh, about it, and you know, he could have he could have said anything he wanted to, mm-hmm. and he said, look, I bu- I paid fifteen dollars for this watch. Um, I I noticed that there wasn't any kind of markings on it. That's why I bought it because you know I I didn't want that. I, I didn't want to get somebody else's watch, and so. 
you know, you, if you pay me my $15, maybe he really paid 15 Maybe he paid 10 mm-hmm. I don't know. But he said that he wanted $15 to get the watch back. Mm-hmm. I decided, well, you know, I don't have a lot of money right now. I, I did have some, and but I preferred the idea of say, uh, spending on cigarettes and uh, uh, Zoom Zooms and Wham Whams from the, uh, from the, <laughs> the inmate canteen. What are those? You then, didn't really need to know what time it was in there, yeah, right? Right. It just, <laughs> I didn't care about the watch for $15. Yeah. So I made a decision. If, the, if he would have said okay here's your watch back i certainly would have taken it thank you very much but and i can so i can totally see how somebody reacts in this scenario i've been there but uh, you know i didn't think the watch was worth 15 bucks which is less than half of what i paid for it originally and you didn't think he had an obligation to just give it back to you or make a deal with you right yep so one eight hundred two five nine. By the way, make a deal. Um, I, I don't know what he what his obligation was. He was a he was probably a three hundred pound dude uh, who was very very large and had no uh, you know in 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 the real world application of prison had no reason to make a deal with me. Do you understand? Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Did. Did you find out who the thief was in that case? Did he reveal to no, you? No, he didn't. Who, uh, you know, and and maybe he was the thief, right? Is that possibility? It didn't. Why would a thief steal it and then want fifteen bucks? To make fifteen bucks, I, it just didn't seem likely um, mm. to me. I think it's much more likely that thieves live close to you. You know, that's generally how it goes. They can case the joint, mm-hmm. stuff like that. This guy did not live close. He lived in another dormitory. Um, uh, you know, around the way, it seemed unlikely to me. I see where you're coming from. So uh, the toll free number here, if you want to input on this conversation, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. But I think it's you know it's very interesting you know to to look at the different ways this could be handled if we had a free market in in justice. If you had these private arbitrators that people would be going to instead of the one size fits all government monopoly system. I mean, if you want to talk about getting screwed, then the the victim really is getting screwed because then the government is stealing money from the, the victim who had their watch stolen from in order to supposedly find the person's watch in the first place and then uh, allegedly bring the, the thief to justice. You're paying to bring that thief to justice. If they put him in a jail cell, you're paying to house that guy in the jail cell. Right. The, the, the current system is so backwards. Yeah, and, that's why when I had my laptop stolen, I just I refused to call the cops in that situation because how would they help? Like, if I actually got a hold of the guy who took my stuff, like, they'd put him in jail? That That's no help to me whatsoever. You know, um, and and also this uh, my story with the with the watch kind of brings up the criteria that um, that one you know that, that I have responsibility for. The watch wasn't on my wrist when it got stolen. It was yeah. sitting in an, in a prison cell, but likely unlocked, uh, as I recall. Um, mm-hmm. So somebody came in, took the watch, left. So they stole it, no doubt. But I didn't do a very good job of securing it either. I didn't have my name engraved on the back. I didn't have all kinds of things I could have done in order to prevent the scenario. Right, and so it's uh, buyer. Well, not buyer beware, but possessor, possessor beware. beware. It abs- uh, you know, I'm not saying that the that there's no such thing as stealing, and I'm right. not saying it stealing is okay. It. But right. and, and I think when somebody's take when somebody uh, agrees to buy something they know is stolen, they're committing fraud because in that case you're. You're exchanging money for something someone doesn't actually possess. I don't believe the thief right. is the owner of the item. I just think that somebody who's exchanged money that they've worked for has become the owner of an item. Yep. So if I, you know, if if your if my watch gets stolen for me and and uh, and you know the guy stole it and you're willing to pay a small amount that for makes it to me get a from, scumbag. Yeah, that 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 makes you, as far as I'm concerned, an accessory to that crime. Absolutely, you're Absolutely. enabling that and you're you're fraudulently purchasing. 
purchasing it because you know that he doesn't actually he isn't actually the owner. And this is a system that not only is moral, but it works and it can be applied. And it's not this kind of. Oh, well, you know, the person who owns something's always the owner, Mm -hmm. because if the person's always the owner, then their heirs are always the owner. And in that case, you're talking about all the injustices of the world are weighed upon everything that exists today. All the gold that exists today, bits of it are from gold that has been on the planet for thousands of years. You know, out being uh, put into jewelry, into coins and things like that. Uh, You're talking about all kinds of things that that, that were possessed by other people at some point. You don't know how much the steel that's used to create your laptop was Couldn't in a car that was stolen and just all kinds of crazy stuff if you know and you do your due diligence you buy things from people sometimes you make deals that you know that, that are person to person but i don't think that that somehow yeah. obligates you to, to to make good on somebody who had something stolen yeah. from them in the and past. there'd be different ways to to make yourself whole as you you would for instance have an insurance company that could restitute you right out the gate and then they would buy by right of subrogation, go after uh, the uh, the actual thief, and then the thief would have to then pay the insurance company. And then if the insurance company was somehow able to retrieve your stolen property, they could contact you and say, look, we found this. Uh, you can have it back, but you're going to have to cut us a check, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So or, be or ways we, we found it. your stuff, and uh, you know, you're, we're, with that that five thousand dollars we gave you for it, we're going to take that out of your premiums or whatever, and you know, here's your watch back. We found you are made whole. Congratulations. Yeah. Goodbye. Right, and of course, you would still get some sort of uh, compensation for your time and the lost property and the sure. the anguish uh, that it uh, that it caused you and things like that. Uh, and you know, you can bring in arbitrators as well. And there's, I think, there are a lot of options that open up when you have the free marketplace. But the person who's receiving that property doesn't have an obligation to return it to you. I'm sorry. 800-259-9231. Hour 2's up next. You take control. Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance. Or refi with cash out, up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy the features there totally free. Joining you this hour, it's Ian. And Meg. And Mark. All right, 800-259-9231. Lots to talk about here. Of course, your calls are the primary element if you decide to make them. Now, zero tolerance is a topic that has come up before and will likely come up again. Uh, But because these 
ludicrous zero-tolerance policies around the country at the government schools just continue to become more ludicrous in the, the, the consequences that they have for these kids that violate them, in many cases, by, completely by accident. We've had all kinds of absurdities. I mean, people who've uh, been punished for a weapons violation for drawing a firearm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, the, the, the Boy Scout, uh, the, the uh, Eagle a, Scout. Yeah, Swiss Army knife in his car in the Correct. parking lot. Yeah. I mean, so those are just two I can come up with off the top of my head. Are just a, absolutely ludicrously absurd. Yeah. Uh, you know, kids having aspirin that their parents gave them. That happens all the time. Wasn't there, confiscated, a, wasn't there a steak knife issue once? In the, in the cafeteria, yeah. Well, that's a problem. There was a, a cake knife, too. And the teacher ended up, like, sending the kid home, but using the knife to cut the cake he brought with him anyway you know it was, well, it was a useful knife yeah i mean it helped but <laughs> and now the madness continues my fox dfw.com and it's yeah dallas fort worth trophy club texas administrators at byron nelson high school in trophy club suspended a 16 year old boy on tuesday because his eyes were bloodshot as they thought he might have been smoking marijuana no, not an unusual suspicion. Uh, many kids find the government schools absolutely excruciatingly dull and will alter their state of consciousness in whatever way they can get away with. Uh, I remember there was one time, it didn't happen to my knowledge at least a whole lot at, at my school, uh, but maybe I just wasn't in the loop for that. Uh, but there was one time when somebody brought, it was a, so we had a substitute teacher in one of the classes, somebody brought a can full of uh, hard liquor, <laughs> like a soda can full of hard liquor into the class, and it was literally being passed around the class. <laughs> this, this hard liquor was being passed around the class in you know, obvious view of this substitute teacher. And so, you know, this, this stuff happens. It's not well, unreasonable. Yeah, kids suspected. in my school were a little smarter, and uh, we mixed orange juice and vodka in, like, just sports bottles, and so it looked like we were just drinking juice. Mm-hmm. No yeah. big deal. Who's going to check you? Well, the teachers did it, too, so we figured we wouldn't get away with it. I had no interest in drinking alcohol at school. <laughs> no, I didn't either. It was the only time that uh, that I ever did it. I but went I... to a Lutheran school, so. <laughs> yeah. I know people who did it on a regular basis. Uh, so, you know, it's not unusual, uh, not unbelievable that they would jump to this conclusion that you're smoking pot, your eyes are red. Well, the teen said he was not high. Instead, his eyes were red because he'd been grieving the loss of his murdered father. So they came as this uh, teenage boy was uh, being, you know, going through the grieving process and went after this kid for this uh, zero tolerance violation. No evidence whatsoever, of course, that he had actually possessed or smoked marijuana. Just, well, your eyes are red. <laughs> so after that quick explanation of my father was murdered, they, they didn't just let it go? Well, Kyler Robertson's father was stabbed to death on Sunday. His mother honored his wishes and let him go to school on Tuesday to be with his friends. I'm sure he had a lot on his mind going to school. I'd asked him not to go to school, uh, said Christy Fritz. Before returning to class, Kyler had to go to the office to get a tardy slip. That's when school employees accused him of being high because he had red and watery eyes. Fritz said she got a call from administrators who told her Kyler would be suspended for three days. She said, I was pleading with her to understand the severity of the situation, his emotional well-being. How could they do this to him at this time? What are the alternatives, she said. Well, you know, this is what's happened here is that the uh, the employee has made some kind of, uh, rather than doing some investigation and finding out whether the kid's talking about his father, you know, what he's saying is the truth about his father being murdered or whatever, uh, you know, they've, they've, they've decided what the reason is and... 
they they have no no um, there's no responsibility for the decision they've made. So nope. the fact that he's they're wrong. If if this was a customer service issue with a company, <laughs> this employee would have been reprimanded. But they're not gonna sure. be because they're a government bureaucrat who has really little responsibility. They don't have to apologize. They're prison guards, for God's sake. I mean, this is a public school. Some of them actually have barbed wire surrounding them, but... So, I'm sorry, that's what it's like. uh, So, according to the story, this is Mom again asking, well, what are the alternatives? I was pleading with her. District spokes bureaucrat Leslie Weaver would not discuss the case with Fox 4, but said when administrators suspect a student is under the influence, a school nurse will observe symptoms like their behavior, odor. And their eyes. The district does not actually test students, though. That's left to the parents. Fritz said she was told by the assistant principal that she could have Kyler tested for drugs within hours. And if it was negative, he could return to school. She did just that. Oh, that's unfortunate. Kyler was allowed to return to class after he showed school administrators a copy of his negative test results. The teen's mom still wants an apology from administrators, and she wants the district to remove the suspension from his permanent record, and she's in the process of appealing it. This is how user-friendly the government schools are. You, your teenage son has been uh, suspended for three days because his eyes were red. You go in and you say, look, his father was stabbed to death. Well, just give him a drug test and uh, then we'll let him back. Fine. Right. I'll jump you've through that pay, hoop. You've got to pay for the drug test. Right. I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you what. If this had been a private school, and remember what these people pay through property taxes to send their kid to school. If this had been a private school, this would likely have never happened after the after the reasonable story of the murder came out. Yeah. But you know, you would the school would be responsible for paying to uh, find out whether this kid has uh, watery and red eyes because he is. Uh, it was their accusation. Yeah. And the fact that uh, that they found out that he wasn't on drugs at the time, they uh, an apology. Oh my God, they'd be groveling at your feet. Absolutely, but no. Instead, you come back after you've jumped through the hoop of getting your son a drug test and invading his privacy like that in a time in which <laughs> this is ludicrous. <laughs> this guy has just lost his father through, to a stabbing. And uh, so after you jump through that hoop, then you have to appeal the suspension. It's not enough for them to just say, oh, my gosh, we were so wrong. How could we have well, – we're going to reprimand this nurse or whoever it was that – this bureaucrat, because it didn't say it was a nurse that made this decision. It was just some bureaucrat in the office uh, that decided to do this. We're going to reprimand this person. We're so sorry and et cetera and so on. No, no. It's – you need to now go through this appeals process and we'll – maybe our uh, our lords at the uh, you know the school board will grant you this reprieve from having this blot on your son's record. Well, I think this is another – bureaucratic way of just pushing blame around because that way you know if it stays on his permanent record for whatever reason it doesn't get fixed you know it's not the fault of the lady who right. first charged him it's yeah, not it's not the it's, fault hey, of anybody. she was just doing her job she thought your son was was high she filed this report and now it's your job to get that report taken off <laughs> this is how ludicrous this situation is. And, of course, to make matters worse, this woman who's gone through this trauma of losing her – I don't know if it was her husband, but her, somebody that was close uh, to her. This young man has lost his father. Uh, in, in this situation, it, that, that they're treating people with such callousness. <laughs> they're, they're just – you know, when you call a bureaucrat black-hearted – 
These are the reasons why. I understand they're they're human beings, and, and uh, the- this is an isolated incident, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, everybody's dealt with this bureaucrat. Whether it's uh, you know over, <laughs> they, you know that when they don't have a responsibility. I remember. Uh, I'm, I'm skipping all over the place. I remember uh, an ex girlfriend of mine who worked for the county, and she used to talk about just how much fun it was to be snide and offer as little help as possible to uh, to, to customers. I mean, she'd always make it. It seemed like uh, like that person, for whatever reason, was a bad person. But, you know, you can imagine. You could just totally imagine if she had fun denying somebody who was uh, that, that, that annoyed her for whatever reason service, then what is it like for the, the next person who's not as compliant as she is? Well, that's why I think like the first step to a voluntary society is making those people work for tips only. <laughs> well, uh, at, at least for the fees that they, uh, you know, a portion of the fees that they generate or whatever. All right. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy features like the shrine of female listeners. Dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo. Meg, one of the newest additions to the Free Talk Live shrine of female listeners. You can see her there under the She Talk Live entry at shrine.freetalklive.com. And if you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the shrine over at shrine.freetalklive.com. You've uh, shrine.freetalklive.com. Uh, plus, Mark, tell me about freedomcam.net. From coast to coast, police power is increasing every day. If it comes down to our word against theirs, we lose almost every time. The only chance that we have of protecting ourselves is by videotaping the police and posting it online. Have your video camera ready to use at any time. They can have guns. We'll have cameras. Freedomcam.net, you can get the smallest video spy camera delivered to your door for only 49 bucks. Protect yourself and help support the liberty movement. Go to freedomcam.net. Order now. Get a free laser pointer flashlight. It's freedomcam.net. Speaking of the police, uh, there's a story out of the the Guardian in the UK in regards to some government bureaucrats who are pretty upset about all these people sharing information on the internet. They're, they're not really, they don't really like this very much. The police and the prosecutors and the uh, the the various court bureaucrats. People are starting to share ideas about how to handle court cases and. You know, strategies. Now, maybe some of them are crazy and kooky, like, you know, yellow fringe on the flag and things like that. But some of them might actually be effective. Some of them might 
make a difference and might make it so that someone doesn't have to pay a fine or uh, that it overloads a, a, an overburdened court system and makes it so these government bureaucrats have to start dismissing cases. They're getting very upset about that. And the folks over at Cop Block are reporting uh, from the, I guess, C4SS.org site. Rupert Myers at The Guardian, in an article entitled Tricks and Cheats are the Price of Cutting Legal Aid from September 5th, recently did a bit of hand-wringing about the role of crowdsourced law, i.e. free legal advice websites, in providing those accused of traffic and child support offenses, among other things, with handy tips for beating the system. So you can see that some other folks would be upset about this, including lawyers. The idea that, uh, whoa, you, you don't really have a... You don't have as much of a grip anymore. I mean, they've still got a pretty sweet monopoly. The the lawyers in their guild, the the bar association that they pretty much you have to join if you want to play their little uh, their game. They've you know they pretty much got a, a good lockdown, but the grip is slipping a little bit here because now these people that want to get legal advice can go online, and whether they're getting it from a lawyer or not, and technically is not legal advice unless it comes from somebody like a lawyer, but they're getting information. Right. Well, legal education is not legal advice. And that's, well, that's one of the ways that uh, Jurisdictionary.com manages mm-hmm. to do it. It's legal education. Yeah. So it's stuff like Jurisdictionary uh, and, you know, other websites that you could go to and get people's right. opinions about Absolutely. these things. Imagine if you're an attorney, how you feel about the idea of Jurisdictionary.com or, or any other of these legal help things. It's it's cutting into, as you see it, uh, your, your paycheck. It's your shrinking, marketplace. It's shrinking yeah. the pie, as it were. Right. And, uh, you know, most <laughs> Jurisdictionary is written by a guy who has a doctorate of jurisprudence. So he's more educated than your average lawyer. Right, and I would imagine a number of these legal advice sites are, in some cases, populated by lawyers that are just willing to help people out and, and you know, give them give them thoughts. And, and well, ideas. they've seen how many people have gone through it and just gotten screwed for no other reason than it's really hard to understand. Like, I could read a law right now and not understand what it's, it's saying at all. That's <laughs> happened to me. That's why they're written in legalese because uh, they can change the words of things or the definitions. They can change definitions for a regular, what you think are regular English words. They don't necessarily mean what you think they mean if they're written in a law. So uh, going on with the story here, the quote from the original uh, piece in The Guardian is, with the capacity to share approaches to defense has come the temptation in forums to share advice, which if followed would result in a miscarriage of justice. Every case in which a defendant employs a sharp tactic to win a trial or exploits a loophole discussed online is one that costs the taxpayer. So trying to so once again, anger the slaves. Use, that, using this tactic, that if you, uh, if you, if you for whatever reason make the system work less efficiently, the mm-hmm. inefficient system as it is, that uh, you are costing the taxpayer. I've been told that I'm a bad guy for taking my parking ticket to trial. Who um, told you that? Uh, it was a friend. I prefer not to oh, mention. Okay. Um, and, you know, not that I'm a bad guy, but I should not have done that because it's you know the money is uh, these you're costing the taxpayers by doing mm-hmm. this no Blame duh the victim. no duh i'm costing the taxpayers that's the whole point the taxpayers are the ones sitting around doing nothing or benefiting off of this stupid system in the first place they're the ones enabling the system by paying into it right the only thing you're going to be able to do with this I'm system from what i can tell is shocking the taxpayer out of uh, out of their complacency 
some of them are, are not complacent, but they don't know what to do. What you right. need to do is create a, a situation where enough taxpayers, otherwise, show them got, the way. You've got is all you've got is you're never going to have any progress at all. Right? Weren't the uh, shouldn't uh, Rosa Parks have uh, picked picked herself up and gone to the back of the bus then? Yeah, the the uh, right the, the the people that were having the revolution uh, should have just voted themselves free from King George the yeah, Third. King George right? really cared about all those petitions they sent him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Send them off to the star chambers exactly. and stuff. You're right, Mark. And this is one of the, the government people's tactics. They want to turn us against one another. They want to turn the little people, the people that fund them, against one another. So, so point the blame at the victim. Oh, it's all your fault. Uh, you know, you didn't pay this parking ticket, and and uh, you know now you're taking it to court. You're just costing us. No, no, it's the government bureaucrats that are stealing that money from you who are deciding to aggress against people, and they're the ones that are choosing to prosecute. They're the ones that have uh, that have chosen this. Well, the indoctrination that they've given to people for so long that it's actually become like a statute of good to be a taxpayer like you're considered a good person right. if you Victim. pay your taxes if you yes. don't pay your taxes then you're, you're a, a cheater. bad person and yeah. i just that's so backwards to me yep. Tax it's a victim victims. mentality. It's this uh, slave on slave mentality. And I agree with you, Mark. The only way to end it is to show people the way out. We had some guys uh, this morning here in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, where we were broadcasting. They went to the courthouse. They did this last week as well. They go in for uh, the portion before the arraignment. So when people are arriving for the arraignments, they're handing out these new flyers that uh, Meg did some work on. It was awesome. Uh, they're handing out these new flyers that are basically suggesting to people that they could help overburden this already overburdened system and like push it beyond the cliffs if you will by refusing to take the plea bargain that this this could stop this aggression could lessen significantly they can drop cases there are reasons to not take this plea bargain but you've got to get those reasons into people's minds you have to show them how burdened the system is the the flyer does that uh, you you suggest to them what they should do and what the consequences might be because there is an extra added bit of risk so it's not going to be for everybody but if only 5 to 10% of cases start to uh, start to refuse to take a plea bargain the court system's going to have a real tough time it's on their hands. Come crashing to a, cl- yeah, to a have, halt. Like, how would they even announce dealing with that? I don't understand how they would, you know, take that on. It would well, just here's instantly what they do. shut it. No, it wouldn't. Um, they have the, to drop cases. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're going to do. They're going to drop cases. They're going to wait for. Uh, they're going to continue to pick the chair, the the low hanging fruit, which mm-hmm. are people that will that'll pay that'll that'll bargain plea bargain and pay, and they'll just uh, they'll take the they'll they'll speedy trial or you know whatever it takes to in order to push court dates out as far as they possibly can for the people who are taking it to court, and then they'll just quietly drop them as much as they can. Right. They'll try to make you sweat it out as long as possible. Offer you plea deal. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nesquik. Try Nesquik four packs, perfect for lunches and great for kids on the go. Look for it in the juice aisle. Snack time is a great chance to sneak extra calcium into your child's diet without making him feel like he's eating something he doesn't want. Serve up dairy rich foods like smoothies, flavored milk, frozen yogurt, and string cheese. He'll love the treat and you'll love knowing how good it is for him. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash your family today. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in via the toll-free number at one 800 
800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. And we'll give you the features on the site for free, including the archives. As I mentioned earlier, you get them going back for years all courtesy of uh, the good folks over at HostGator, and they are a worldwide leader for web hosting and make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates, and you can use uh, our entrance, our little portal, to get in and get yourself a free month uh, worth of hosting from HostGator. Go to hostgator.freetalklive.com to get that credit. That's hostgator.freetalklive.com. Now, whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, you can let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. So as we continue here, uh, we're talking about the government bureaucrats and lawyers, which are kind of in some cases, uh, they're kind of an extension of, of the government they're bureaucracy. They're like the yeah. little suckers on the end of the tentacle. And some of them I like. I, I, some yes, of them I like. You know, they, some of them, they're, they're very useful and they're good at what they do and for whatever, they're, for whatever that's worth. Uh, but I actually saw one of the, uh, the robed men order uh, one of our uh, lawyer friends around the other day. He said, as an officer of the court, I order you to do X, Y, and Z. And so it was just kind of sad to watch that happen. The poor lawyers, they always have to stand up and sit down for the judges. And yeah. it's very, it's very tough making the 60 to $300 an hour that, that they make or whatever it is lawyers get paid. I'm I think sure some, that money consoles them. Yeah. It's not 60. Yeah, it's definitely not 60. But if they're your friend, you might get it for 60, right? Yes. Uh, so, so we're talking about how upset they are that people are using the Internet to get together and share ideas and to uh, come up with legal strategies and do research. It's uh, making it more possible, like with our friends over at Jurisdictionary.com, to, uh, to get yourself a little more educated about this insane so-called justice system. Sure. If you could imagine how somebody manages to beat you know, whatever charge it is, whether it's a speeding ticket or rolling through a stop sign or whatever, and they've got some kind of defense that worked for them at whatever court place that they worked and it might work for you but you wouldn't know otherwise but the internet actually allows you to talk to these people so there's a uh, there's a report over at coplock.org citing a i guess a guardian story uh, from the uk where some of the guy that's writing the article is just bemoaning this uh why gasps myers these things might undermine the very legitimacy and effectiveness of the justice system oh wait a second the justice system's effective I, I'm sorry, I didn't realize it's that. Effective if you're trying to fleece people from the money that they have, if you're right. the government. Well, you know, that's, that's you know, it's not legitimate either by any means. Well, uh, that, legitimate that be, means that would legal. be up to argument, you know, to some extent. Whomever would believe whatever not it to is. Me. That you're, indeed, I, I, I and I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you on it. Somebody might argue, but to, to, to argue that the judicial system is effective is, uh, to me, absolutely ludicrous. Somebody, I suppose, might be able to make an, uh, an argument that is more effective than other judicial systems around the world but that That's doesn't just make comparing it cancers yeah heaven for fend says uh, the writer here uh, that uh, because it was you know so much more legitimate when it was easier for the cops and prosecutors to just railroad people into jail and find them and etc i don't think that uh, or i don't know how things are in the uk but here in the u.s the very idea of someone whining that online sharing of tricks and cheats is unfair to the poor downtrodden cops and prosecutors is enough to make me puke uh, this uh, writer from C4SS.org 
the Center for the Stateless Society. The whole system is rigged so that about the only way a cop can get fired or prosecuted is when they're actually recorded shooting an unarmed person in the back and planting a gun on them or go around bragging and waving the feces-smeared broom handle that they raped a prisoner with. That actually happened. Yep. Yeah. Uh, even when a cop's caught on video using excessive force, they'll most likely be put on paid suspension until the police commission finds no evidence of wrongdoing and that all procedures were followed. What's more, cops have their own form of crowdsourcing, uh, la- lawyering up. Police forces, just as much as prisons, are colleges of crime. The lore of police work is full of helpful hints on manufacturing probable cause for invading the homes of people cops know are guilty, despite the lack of any real evidence, perjuring themselves to obtain warrants, obtaining warrants based on coerced testimony from jailhouse snitches, training police dogs to alert on command, tricking or bullying people into giving confessions without a lawyer present. Right. The, uh, the idea that a police dog is somehow legitimate is just absolutely ludicrous to me. The guy using the dog is the one who taught him. Mm-hmm. So he's only, the dog is only as good as his master. Who's to say that the master's any good? In violation of the spirit of Miranda and using every shred of power they possess under the letter and punctuation marks of the law to harass people who fall afoul of them at any time a cop or any time a cop finds another's trick or cheat another loophole or finds another's another trick or cheat another loophole for evading the spirit of a thousand years of common law due process rights and turning the fourth amendment into toilet paper it will circulate among the brotherhood faster than crib notes in a frat house so they've been sharing ideas oh let me tell you kid yeah you don't do it by the book this is the way you do it that kind of thing Meow, meow. If you uh, publicize police misconduct, your troubles have only begun. Never mind what the law says. If you're spotted recording a beating with your cell phone camera, you'll probably be arrested for it. And uh, remember that time that they shot the uh, the San Francisco BART cops, the Bay Area Transit cops, when they shot that guy in the back after uh, he'd been handcuffed and put on the ground in front of a crowd of people, they attempted to confiscate cameras from every one they could find. Sure, they wanted yeah. that crowd. <laughs> they, they were trying to collect evidence. Mm-hmm. Well, luckily yeah. they were on the BART, so it took off before the cops even realized that yeah. you know there was people on there recording. Well, and if you post footage online of unruly cops, like terrorizing people in a bar while off-duty, staggering around, publicly urinating during Law Enforcement Day festivities, etc., you can count on anonymous death threats from the Brotherhood, or likely their supporters. As for prosecutors, in every single story, I've seen where subsequent evidence exonerated a convict. The prosecutor in the case fought tooth and nail to prevent the case from being reopened. Compared to the injustice of tarnishing the prosecutor's conviction ratio in the face of an upcoming election, the prospect of an innocent person rotting away in hell is small potatoes. There's also the venerable prosecutorial practice of suppressing evidence during the original trial. Take Nancy Grace, the shrill harpy of law and order and victims' rights, whose philosophy is they must be guilty or they wouldn't have been arrested. Nancy had one conviction declared a mistrial and another overturned on appeal to the Georgia Supreme Court, the latter on grounds of inappropriate and illegal misconduct in the course of the trial. Among other things, she made an opening statement in which she promised the jury inflammatory evidence she obviously knew would be inadmissible, withheld evidence from the defense, and personally conducted an illegal search accompanied by a CNN camera crew. The equally despicable Wendy Murphy, who, like Grace, parlayed her former prosecutorial background and her personal hysteria and dishonesty into a career in cheap cable punditry, made endless television appearances during the Duke lacrosse team case, in which just about every assertion of fact she made proved to be a verifiable law. 
I doubt this sociopath, who has absolutely no qualms about just making stuff up, was any more scrupulous when she was a prosecutor. The game is already rigged in favor of cops and prosecutors, whining about ordinary people using crowdsourced law to even the odds up a little bit strikes me as more than a little perverse. From copblock.org. They, they make a great point. I I can't see how it is that the uh, the people in the system are going to come up, you know, the, 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 the lawyers, the prosecutors, the cops are going to come up with any way that they can, uh, you know, have a legitimate gripe about people talking to other people about how they've managed to win their case and what's worked with, for them. Well, it's they, disgusting. They've already come up with legitimate gripes for people not filming them and people agree with mm-hmm. it. They're not. And that's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. But, you know, they come up with these stupid things and people believe it because they see the badge or the you know uniform and they well, get this afraid is what, this is what our boys in blues need to do their job then that nothing's too fine for them yeah. yeah it's definitely switched from fear to adoration and that's a scary switch wait what is fitch, uh, switch from fear to adoration? well people no longer like just fear the police but that fear is switched into they you know fear them so much that they love them and they can't tell Some that people, it's fear right yeah right I'm Some talking people. about the more hardcore who would agree with the non-filming cops and well, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't that. know if they're really afraid because they, they really go about their lives, uh, you know, at even a deep level. I think that fear has been vanquished completely, uh, that maybe they never even had it because they might have grown up in a police family or just around police a lot. And they, they see police as their friends and, or family members and uh, well, you know, they're their the, allies. one of them gets arrested and then, That's you just know. it. That's, that's what shocks you back to reality yeah. is when that stuff happens. 800-259-9231. And the more stuff they criminalize, the more likely it becomes that the police are going to invade your life in a very unfriendly fashion. 800-259-9231. You take control and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And tonight, joining you, it's Ian. And Meg. And Mark. Uh, The website features a lot of different stuff, and you can enjoy it all for free. Now, if you like the fact that we give you the features on the site, then you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money and reinvest it. Uh, to get on uh, more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. So head on over, become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com and get access to perks like the AMP-only forum and podcast and the AMP-only call-in lines. And on which one of those, we have uh, somebody on the line with us here. Uh, It's Dennis from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance at nhliberty.org. Are you still from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, Dennis? I am uh, an active member. I'm not on the board of directors anymore, but I still do what I can. Oh, that's great. I actually just uh, signed up for, I guess my membership expired yesterday, so I, I renewed for a lifetime membership. Oh, groovy. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we're, so you're calling in to talk about what? The election results from the big New Hampshire primary yesterday. Now, how many liberty activists uh, were were actually – well, how many free staters and how many liberty – like really liberty-oriented candidates were, were running? So I have 
to admit, you know, my the numbers that I've got from pouring over stuff, I put together very quickly. I do I do have a real job in between the action and activism. Um, but I count, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight free staters, like actual free staters who had primary challenges and won. Okay. Eight win. Wow. Now, how many did not win? Uh, let's see. I count, let's see here, one, two, oh, of, of actual free staters, one, two, three, four, five, six. That's pretty good. So the majority of uh, of free staters, people that made the move to New Hampshire in order to uh, get active for liberty, the majority of them that were running in primaries actually have moved on to the general election. And this doesn't count the already, what, there were two dozen New Hampshire Liberty Alliance people that were given, I think, two dozen A pluses, and then you got to figure the A's and the A minuses that go into that. So These are New Hampshire uh, natives and people that have been here for a while that, uh, that are liberty-oriented. And the, the, the victory was so good that I would recommend not, uh, you know, we, we shouldn't pound that drum too too loudly because at this point you don't want the Democrats in, in the general election, uh, you know, getting all whipped up and managing to get people out to say, the free staters are here, the free staters are here, or anything like or that. the Republicans, for that matter. You know, and when I look at these, the wins, most of the free staters that I saw winning were the top vote getter or were in the top two or three vote gets in their district. How many so of the how many really get in? They they won handily, they beat everybody else. Now are these all like state rep seats that they're going for? Uh, all of these are state representative with the exception of one, uh, Jim Forsyth won in fact won in a landslide. Yeah, huge landslide challenge for the Senate, which blows me away because if you had asked me a year ago I would tell you that the New Hampshire Senate is beyond our reach for a decade. And it looks like that is not the case. So Jim Forsyth is not a free stater, though. I guess it depends on how you look at it. Yeah. Um, you know, he moved to New Hampshire for more freedom before there was a free state project. Indeed. He was not really involved in liberty activism until the, um, the Liberty Forum. He saw Ron Paul speak. He became a major Ron Paul guy at that point. And for the sake of... Of, an, of, of a free stater in the Senate, I'm calling him a free stater. I, I you know, I, I think that I think you're absolutely right. It's just he was know. somebody who was activated by the Free State Project. Right. Would you say that's an accurate right. statement? When I say the other free staters that won and lost, I'm talking about literally people who are you know in the Free State Project. Uh, they made the move here site. as part of the Free State Project. So now, of the eight people that actually won, uh, how many of them had run? prior to this time and had lost? How many of them were on their second run? Let's see. Not many. Uh, let's see. There's one of them. There, there's a husband and wife team that ran in, in, uh, in one of the cities, and they are heavily involved with the, new, the uh, Republican Liberty Caucus. The wife had won and is currently in the House, and the husband didn't make it through last time. This time, husband and wife both were the top two vote-getters in their district. Wow. That's fantastic. And so they're both moving on to the to the next election. So it's doable, huh, Dennis? Like actually getting elected uh, is is a possibility up here in in New Hampshire. Absolutely. You know, I'm looking at some of these names. Some of them are, are people that you know would be known, like uh, the proprietor of of Murphy's Tap Room. Actually, was uh, one of the winners, and he is a former director uh, in the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at folks like Seth. Uh, well, I don't say Leslie, but, but but Seth is one of the prominent people around here. And if you know Seth, and I don't think Seth would take this the wrong way, he knows you know, he's not the most, like, uh, uh, um, he doesn't have a broad
Barack Obama sense about him. He's not like the, the, the guy who's going to charm people off of their feet. He's a very normal guy. Yeah. But, you know, he's chair of the recycling committee in his town, and people know who he is, and they think he's, he's not too. He did run for a couple of positions a couple of years ago. And I had this old guy. I was holding a Seth for, for state, uh, actually for, for school board sign in Concord, and I just moved there. And I remember this old guy came up to me and goes, Oh, is that guy Seth your friend? I said, yeah. He goes, well, I think he's a nut. And he <laughs> storms into the thing and presumably votes against Seth. And how things have changed in the last four years. Now Seth is the top vote getter, or one of the top three vote getters in his district. That's great news. Uh, yeah, people, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm staying as silent as possible because I don't want to, uh, I, I don't want to fully state what kind of incredible victory the uh, p- the Liberty Movement had yesterday. Well, it's, it's a primary, so it's not, you know, it's it's a step to a victory, right? I mean, these these guys are moving in the right yeah. direction. Uh, now things get serious. Uh, it's it's time for the uh, the general election. But with those kind of numbers, and this really is a numbers game, uh, with those kind of numbers, eight people making it past the primary. Well, all was previously are, uh, four legitimate free state free state project members. Yeah, all of whom are uh, you know flatlanders as they call them up here, who made the move in here for uh, to get active for more liberty. Half the house is flatlanders. Yeah. My my question would be: Do did people know that these people were free staters? That's a good question, in Dennis. In a lot of cases, no, they didn't wear it on their sleeve. It wasn't the big issue for them. It's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, if I were moving here to New Hampshire tomorrow, the last thing that I would do is wear around porcupine stuff. Have porcupine bumper stickers on my car and all that, uh, all that other kind of thing. It's one thing to go out and hang out on Murphy's Tap Room on Tuesday night or to uh, social Sundays. It's another thing entirely to tell people that you're a, you're a free stater. I'm just you know, what I why see is that people who you know they move to New Hampshire, they get involved in their community, they do some kind of volunteering or they do something in the community, in the wider community. Um, those are people who. They, they do well. And then when someone asks them, are you a free stater, they say, oh, well, yes. You know, I moved to New Hampshire for more freedom. I love New Hampshire, this and that. But it's not like the first thing that comes out of their mouth. I, I don't see why anyone would ask you that question unless it was brought up in conversation. I mean, unless you brought it up in conversation, I don't see why anyone would ask you whether you're a free stater. Half the state is uh, people from outside of, uh, outside of the state. It's so, not that big of a deal. I want to get back to Meg's question. The question was yep. um, that's you, you said that's sad and um, well I just think it's like you changed your whole life to be here and then you know you don't want people to know it's kind of no it's not at all it's, it's just not the first, like, no no I'm not know, saying I'm go out there and announce the it say I'm a free stater hi my name is Dennis I don't eat meat no I mean it's, if someone asks I'm going to tell them yeah no I have no problem I, with that I just I, it sounded to me like Mark was almost saying, like, I'm ashamed to be a free stater in New Hampshire. Which, I wouldn't tell anybody well, well, that. Depends. I mean, if you're, if you're in Keene, then you probably should be. <laughs> Why would you say something like that? a lot of baggage associated with it. Well, okay. Well, the, the thing about that is, Dennis, and, uh, and thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate it, uh, Dennis, from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. The thing about that is here in Keene... There is actually, you know, buzz about free staters, and some of it's not good. But the reason why that uh, that buzz exists is because the people here are actually doing things that generate buzz. Oh yeah. Uh, the things that are happening here are not. There's 
here in Keene, you can't skulk about uh, as, you know, this political operative that's like joining the Republican or Democrat parties and trying to make it so they don't know that you're a free stater. So you can somehow uh, sneak in because there's been enough publicity. You could do that. They're going to ask you. I had the weirdest experience at the polls yesterday. Like, I have no interest in voting. But at one point I was leaving and some guy asked me, like, why I didn't vote when I told him I wasn't voting. And I said, well, I just don't believe in it. And he goes, oh, you're one of the, uh, what's your name? You know, and I was like, Meg. And he knew who I was. He said, oh, Smeg, I've heard all about you. And blah. And I, I've never met this guy in my life. I didn't know who he was. Sure. He was some middle-aged guy I've never seen. And not, he knows me. Right. That's creepy. The reason you should, and they know, they know me. I've had a TV show. I'm talking about somebody moving here. If you wanted to, for whatever reason. No, you, you wouldn't. They'd ask you as soon as you so started. You, t- you don't tell them the answer. You tell them the truth, Mark. What do you now? That's that's what you're talking about, yeah. Meg. Where he he wants to hide it, and Dennis said he wouldn't hide it. He would tell the truth. Yeah. I, I the Free State Project. Uh, says How would on, you answer the question? Well, Are you a free more, stater? You just no. seem ashamed. That's a lie, the, sir. That's the, not that's the, not the not free answering state the project question. Says that they have they they that's confidential when you sign up. That means you have no obligation. What would you if answer? you say no? What you're would you lying. answer if you said if somebody asked you if you were an AA member? You are a liar if you say no. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two. 31 you take control it's free talk live with ian meg and the liar i wouldn't do it here in times of economic instability, precious metals are the best hedge against inflation and can be a great investment opportunity. Bullion Investment Corporation is the gold standard in precious metal acquisition. Whether you're in the market for gold, silver, platinum, or palladium, you can leverage up to 400% by taking advantage of the Purchase Power Program. And don't forget about the low price guarantee. BIC will meet or beat the price of any other broker. Bullion Investment Corporation, proudly serving our clients for over 25 years. For more information, call Bullion Investment Corporation now at 1-888-486-1275 or visit goldbullion.net. Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll free at 1 800 259 9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line 800 259 9231. Join us on our website. You'll find it at freetalklive.com. You can, uh, you'll also discover that the content there has been created by listeners like you. You can go and add stuff to the website, add uh, different things, uh, blog posts, news items, videos, whatever it is you find online that you think is pretty interesting, you think our listeners would enjoy seeing, you submit it to the site, and then other listeners get to vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestions. So head on over to freetalklive.com and uh, get interactive. You'll find some very interesting stuff there. In fact, that's where we get most of our show prep from these days because uh, it's it's basically crowdsourcing of, uh, of show prep. And thanks to everybody. Indeed. Thanks to everybody that has taken the time to submit uh, something to freetalklive.com. So uh, tonight here, uh, Ian and uh, Smeg and uh, – are you going to go by Smeg or Meg on the air? Uh, it doesn't matter to me, really. <laughs> Meg. We'll do, we'll do Meg. Um, so Meg is here with us and uh, she's from libertyflare.com. We mentioned it briefly earlier in the show can you describe liberty flare a little bit more for our listeners um yeah it's just one inch buttons with uh, either liberty phrases or logos from different organizations and whatnot and um i offer sponsorships to different companies and organizations that promote liberty and that way they can earn money through my sales as well and so it's basically a self-sustaining form of activism for me and uh, so you're actually making a profit at this oh yeah i make That's a great. profit but i actually have the chance to make profits for other companies as well which is 
great for, you know, everybody out there in the liberty movement. It's not a whole lot because they are just one-inch buttons selling at 50 cents. I think it's great for anybody that can figure out a way to actually turn a profit from their activism because you've got to pay the bills somehow. And if you can pay your bills by doing activism and providing people, in this case, with one-inch buttons to be great conversation starters, I mean, that's really one of the the really explicit, I think, purposes of having those things on. Uh, What is that? Oh, well, it's so-and-so-and-so-and-so. And so and so and yeah, so. and that's uh, why I went with one-inch instead of, like, the three-inch ones that candidates give out. And you put on your jacket once so and take it face. off. Yeah. yeah. But for one-inch, I mean, people put those on their bags, forget about it, and it'll be there for years. Mm-hmm. And everybody comments. So head on over to libertyflare.com. Uh, of course, we will take your phone calls. Yeah, I got a little button on my bag here that somebody gave me. It says, this is what an anarcha feminist looks like. Nice. You also got one on your mic. Do I? Somewhere? Yep, you sure do. A shot. You've got a Shire Society one uh, on the back side of your mic there. Oh, so there these is. things get everywhere. Uh, anyway, th- so 800-259-9231 is the number. And we're, we were discussing Mark being a liar uh, a moment ago as we were talking with Dennis Goddard from the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance about some of the really great election successes up here. We talk a lot about the Free State Project on this program. And sometimes people will call in and they'll say, uh, you know, you guys really having success up there? Yes. The answer is yes. Uh, just Absolutely true. Before this year, I mean, right now, as we speak, there are, I think, four different uh, free staters. People have made the move to New Hampshire to get active for liberty as part of the Free State Project. Uh, there are four of them that are actually already elected. Eight people have been uh, have made it through the primary. Now, I'm sure some of those eight are probably people getting reelected who are already in office. I know at I least so. one of them uh, is maybe hey, more right, than one. And those eight are just uh, – that's a quick count. I've heard higher numbers. Okay, well, we're going to go with eight for purposes of discussion. And so that's, that's of course, great news. It means they go on to the general election. Odds are good some of them are going to make it through. It's just a numbers. It's a, it's a numbers game. And here in New Hampshire, the numbers are easier. The odds are better. Uh, the, there are 400 people in the New Hampshire State House. 400 so-called representatives in the New Hampshire State House. Now, you may be like me and you may uh, think that politics is the worst way to achieve liberty. I don't know if it's ever going to be possible, but I think little little steps can be taken with it. I think it is possible to actually have some level of success. We've seen that with the knife ban uh, being repealed. Now anybody can possess whatever kind of knife they want here in New Hampshire. So there are some positive steps I think that can be taken. And in New Hampshire – there, it's just easier to get uh, get elected. You don't have to be a billionaire. You don't have to you know self finance or have corporate connections in order to get thousands upon thousands of dollars. You're looking at running in a district that maybe has a few thousand people in it. Yeah, you know maybe uh, several few. hundred households that you might want to knock on you know their doors that kind of thing. So campaigning becomes eminently more possible here in New Hampshire than anywhere else, and the evidence is is clear. I mean, these people are having success. Their first time out in some cases. Some cases it took them two runs. But anywhere you do politics, you're pretty much going to lose the first time out in most places. New Hampshire may be the most exception places, to that. Yeah, um, you know, so there, there are plenty of people that manage to do it in their first run as, uh, you know, free staters are not particularly hiding the fact that they're free staters. Well, uh, Dennis, when asked that question, did say that he didn't know that they were necessarily wearing it out on Front Street. Uh, he did say that if he were asked, he would admit to being a, a Free State Project I don't uh, see how he could deny it. He's very active. I don't see how anyone who is being honest could deny it. And that's where we well, get to the crux yeah. of this discussion here, well, Mark. my problem with the uh, not saying it isn't, you know, the lying. Because if you lied to me about that, I would just, I wouldn't know. So how could I be hurt by that? But it's more the fact that you're almost ashamed of it. I have a problem with that because this is supposed to be, you know, your moral convictions and even though I'm not a very prideful person, I did move here 
based on my moral convictions, and well, I'm proud of that. You know, I, 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 indeed, I um, have no problem with the ideas that I have. However, what I wouldn't want to be is painted with the the free stater brush. And uh, you know, I live in a different section of the state than Dennis does. Um, life is different over here in the Monadnock region, the 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 Keene region, because of the you know certain types of activisms that that that's done here. Uh, the fact is that we had a race that just uh, that happened yesterday where uh, Andrew Carroll, who a candidate who likely under all other circumstances besides having the the onerous and uh, uh, you know uh, hated freaking badge upon his chest. If it hadn't have been for that, he likely would have been elected. Oh, that's poppycock. The, yeah. the fact is, um, that's poppycock. There were there were eight slots, seven people. He had that whole young thing going. He went around, knocked on doors. Are you mm-hmm. telling me that the number seven guy that managed to get in went around and knocked on doors, had flyers, had signs? He didn't knock on all the doors. He did knock on every door, but he yeah. did everything that a candidate is supposed to do, mm-hmm. and he lost, and he lost. By by a huge margin because the Democrats sent out an email, they they got in the newspaper, they wrote letters, and they did it mm-hmm. all because, well, he's a free stater. And, uh, you know, sorry to say, that badge has been laid upon him by the outside-the-system activists here in Keene. But they're going to tell all of us to still keep working within the system, sure which I are. find hilarious. Yeah, it's absolutely, um, <laughs> okay. you know, I, so I, I that, that. So because of the actions of other people that you don't like justify it's telling not lies. I don't like them. I like them very much. They're my friends. The, the actions you don't like. I, I justify telling lies about uh, if somebody asks way, you in the same way if I was a peaceful black panther I probably wouldn't go out and say yeah I'm a black panther mm-hmm. if I was a, a, a peaceful member of Al Qaeda I probably wouldn't say I was Al Qaeda so now you're aligning uh, civil disobedience activists with black panthers and Al Qaeda I'm just telling you how people view these things you, you can mm-hmm. say whatever you want the reality well, is the science was done yesterday and the science says that you people are screwing with the uh, you the whole people liberty. you people the outside Who's the system you people activists. You me, and you, I and do the inside the system activism too. Indeed, but I do uh, it all, man. You're out there with your camera, supporting these guys, and I think that mm. you need to step down and take a look at what happened yesterday. Uh, what happened yesterday was an unqualified success. I'm sorry, you see it. Uh, you see it in a different light. Uh, Andrew Carroll, the uh, the liberty activist who was running here in Keene, New Hampshire, yesterday as a Democrat. Uh, received the highest uh, vote totals so far of any liberty activist running a political uh, campaign in Keene, Mark. Yeah, and all the other and, and free staters around the state managed to uh, get swept into office in their first election. He had everything going for him. He did everything right, and he mm-hmm. crashed and burned. Okay, Mark, you're wrong. First of all, most people who, when they run for their first times, and this was Andrew Carroll's first time, and I encourage him time, to continue trying. Andrew Carroll, uh, you know, ran for his first time. He didn't win. That's usually what happens when you run for your first time. Plus, he did have the entire establishment working against him because they know he's a free stater. He's not sneaking he around. He can't he's hide not, it. There's he no wouldn't way. try. He's not trying to hide it like you would. He's not sneaking around trying to be, you know, pretend like he's someone uh, that he's so, not. I guess what. And. And so he had all of this stuff against him, right? All I mean, the odds were stacked firmly against him. All the hate uh, mail sent to the local newspaper. I just newspaper. want you to acknowledge that stuff. Like, you've created that, dude. You're in the center of that vortex. What are you talking you, about? I created that. Ian Freeman that. created that crap. Created what are you talking about? The hate. How did I create the hate? <laughs> you are doing the activism. You're supporting the activism. I'm doing some activism. I support some activism. You're out there. You're out there in the middle of there it. There are man. dozens of people here, Mark, Indeed that are doing are. activism. But I think you're are. putting other people's hate, like responsible for Ian. Like you can't control how other people react to things. I think you can. Um, I can't I, control what people do. If, if people want to go smoke pot, walk in up to Square, some dude and call him the N word and see I whether he reacts to it or not. 
I can't control what the activists do, Mark. I'm not in charge. I know. See, that's what some people don't understand. It's Free Talk Live. You take control at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at BigHeadPress.com slash PK. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy the features on the site for free. So head on over there uh, and enjoy all that. And tonight, it is Ian here. And Meg. And Mark. And uh, by the way, again, some of those features over at freetalklive.com include our news updates. So you get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to news.freetalklive.com to get on that list for free. Uh, And there there are different ways you can receive the information. You can get it via email. You can follow our Twitter or Facebook. Go and get signed up free over at news.freetalklive.com. And from creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism, you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you ever imagined possible when you move here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Learn more at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. But Mark is ashamed of being a Free State Project member. He won't admit it publicly when someone asks him. He will actually tell a lie and say no, that he's not a Free Stater if he is asked if he is one. So if you were to say so, – there's, there's certain questions in this world that if you say none of your business mm-hmm. to that uh, – You'd be rude. Well, it's, it's not only that you're well, – Well, it'll be a yes. That you're rude, that it's a yes, right? Mm-hmm. Like if somebody asks you how much money's in your bank account, none of your business doesn't answer the question. But the, the question is, are you a Free Stater? project member or not none of your business um is is an answer to yes you would still be deceitful by saying what's a free state project member if you know what one is Mm -hmm. do you understand like that's still deceitful there's all kinds of levels of deceit here and i'm i guess what i'd like to do is explore the idea of what is deceit because i can tell you i don't think that there's any point in it for one it's none of anybody's business whether i signed the free state project uh sign up sheet or not that's a confidential sign up and it's none of their business Business. It's none of your business. It's nobody's business whether I'm a Free State Project signer or not. So You can get all indignant and righteous about it. That's fine. It's I'm just, just a saying, question in a conversation. Uh, right, it, it may very well be. So it's, Oh, you moved to New Hampshire? Are you a Free Stater? Um, what's a Free Stater? Oh, now you're pretending so like you yes. don't know what it is. <laughs> well, no, that's I don't think what's a Free Stater is. is well, it depends yeah. on the inflection you use. People don't know. A Free Stater is uh, somebody who moved here as part of the Free State Project. Uh, no, I, I didn't move here with anybody. Yeah, you you are so slimy, so slimy. I'm just telling you, man. Like this is what you won't you. take responsibility for. Is that the <laughs> I reason... admit to my, the, the truth about being right, a free I'm t- stater? I'm, I'm not afraid you, of it. What you won't admit to is that your activism, the activism you support, the outside the system activism, has created an atmosphere 
in the Keene area that makes being a Free State Project member tantamount no. to somebody who has leprosy. Sorry, you're placing the blame on uh, the wrong place. The outside-the-system activism has resulted in a tension that has resulted in people who don't like uh, outside-the-system activism or don't like the status quo being threatened, trash-talking and spreading rumors and doing everything they can in any sort of nasty fashion to attack the people that they perceive of as those who are attached to that activism, even though Andrew Carroll has uh, been running a political campaign. He's been sort of slathered with the idea that he's exactly the same person as is, you know, the folks that are doing the nightcap drinking and smoking down at uh, at Central Square. So, so it's not the it's not the outside the system activists that have created that. That's the natural response to those who are so deeply ingrained with the system to their system, their precious system being threatened. Its legitimacy is being threatened, and the the ideas of freedom are getting out there, and they are threatened by that, and they will do whatever nastiness they can to attack that point case in point rewind back to 2007 2007 free keen launched in early 07 the very beginning of the year okay. uh, is when free keen launched it was nothing at that time nobody knew what free keen was uh, at that point it certainly didn't have any sort of outside the system activities attached to it mm-hmm. there weren't any 420s or anything sure. like that going on nonetheless when julia who was my girlfriend at that time? She uh, she she decided to run a political campaign for uh, the the local city council race. She went to the meetings. She showed herself there at the meetings. She did you know all the things that somebody who's supposed to run for a city council position did. She did all that. She went door to door. She did everything. She was attacked viciously for her actions because she was a free stater. All of that existed then, and it's because of the people that are inside the system. They work for the system. They are feeling threatened by this, and they will do everything they can. You remember? They went after her with a felony charge. They threatened her with felony charges because she wanted to contribute her money back to to one of the people that gave it to her. It was a threat of a threat, right? Like They said, basically, you must not do this, otherwise it would be a felony. But I understand where you're coming from. Um, so nothing has way, changed. Yeah, if, wait, 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 in let fact, me finish what I'm no, talking you about. cannot finish. Yes, absolutely. Nothing has changed. Do not, do not touch that damn mic. Nothing has changed with the exception of the fact that things have gotten better. The vote totals for Andrew Carroll exceeded the vote totals of Julia. And that's after all of the activism, after all of the hatred, after all of the, uh, the anti-Andrew campaign. You are incorrect. Let me point out why. The fact is that outside the system activism was going on prior to our arrival. The, the 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 snowball throwing at the IRS building, the burning of Abraham Lincoln in Central Square in effigy. Uh, it the, didn't get coverage. It didn't exist to the people. The fact is, yes, it did exist. These people, they understood what they were dealing with. And I'm not saying it, at that point, you're right. At first, they were just upset with free staters. Then the free staters, well, fulfilled all their fears, right? And they're, you know, why would people not want marijuana smoking? Because people might walk down the street smoking marijuana. They'll be smoking marijuana in the middle of our parks in front of our kids. Sure enough, that's what free staters are doing right here in Keene, New Hampshire, in order to what? I guess and it's make, garnered international press coverage. Yeah. Sure is. Absolutely. And you may very well result in more people coming here. I just don't understand why I should have to bear any onus on that. I am not whatever the hell you people are doing. So make that clear. So, why not be honest with people and tell them who you are instead of just accepting so that? Why should I have a minute long or a 10 minute long conversation? They asked you a person? question. They should get your answer. Why? None of your business. I'd also like to make the point that, like, the people who are reacting, if they didn't react, it would mean we'd already be in the system that we want to be at. But well, that's a great point. 
So, they're reacting because their system is being fundamentally yeah. threatened. And you did not respond to mm. the fact that Andrew Carroll's percentage of his vote was higher than that of uh, Julia at the time. She did not have the baggage here, here that he about, did. Here you're talking about a handful of people. How, what, what's the percentage? 28%. More, more than no. one out of four Democrats. So how many was Julia and how many was Nick Ryder? Uh, Julia got around 21%, and that was of the entire population. So you're talking, uh, and Nick Ryder got around 24%. So, so he did better than the New Hampshire native did. Mark. You're, t- you're talking about dozens of, uh, you know, dozens of extra people. You actually managed to get some free staters to go out to the polls and vote. No, 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 no. What you I'm did, telling you, you is no, people no, we're all not talking over the about state, dozens of free people. staters all over the state are getting elected in their first elections. Hundreds. What, what, what is um, hundreds voted for Andrew Carroll? Indeed, they almost, did. All, uh, almost 500 people Indeed in a vote in an election with only 1,600 people and voting I as Democrats. I encourage the guy to keep running. I hope he manages to make yeah. it. What is your response? Can to you the- deny the progress, Mark? Can okay, you deny man. You're, you, you claimed that your system's more effective, it's more efficient, and it's faster. And the fact is, these political people are getting uh, elected in their first election. Poor Andrew Carroll has to wear the, 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 the actions that you commit around his neck, like an albatross, like a rotting, stinking bird. So you don't think anyone should do civil disobedience is what you're saying, right? I'm, I'm saying that you need to look at your civil disobedience, mm. focus it in the right direction instead of just going out there and doing anything for liberty, slathering yourself in peanut butter. They were kidnapping with, with a, a young chaps. lady. No, you're being ludicrous. They were kidnapping a young lady for having a drink in the park, and I stood in front of the police car. I'm not ashamed of that. one 800 And Meg was uh, there, too. She did the same exact thing. Eight hundred two, and you're saying you're attacking us now. I'm not one eight hundred two five nine. Yes, you are. You're shouting. You're a shouting madman. You're shouting too. One eight hundred two five. No, I shut your mic off. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You take control. It's free talk live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, that's freetalklive.com and features including listening options. We've got uh, live streaming around the clock. 24 hours a day, you can get the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Go to listen.freetalklive.com, enjoy a broadband version or a dial-up version of the show. Head on over and enjoy it free at listen.freetalklive.com. And by the way, our webcam over at cam.freetalklive.com, another way to listen to the show, is brought to you by Memory Dealers. Now, MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, ZenPaks, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers also offers customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. In stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery, it's your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. MemoryDealers.com So, by the way, I want to briefly, uh, before we go back to the phones and the fun here, welcome back uh, our new, uh, not affiliate, but welcome back one of our longest 
running affiliates. Uh, WVNA in Florence, Alabama, has been off the air for the past two months. I didn't even know that. No, it's it's not really worth talking about uh, when it happened because they're gonna they were gonna come back, right? So uh, what happened was there was like this lease issue with their tower site, so they had to find a new tower. Basically, they got the plug was pulled on their radio station. They were literally were out, just completely off the air mm. due to a you know a technical issue, not to, or I guess a legal issue. That's and gonna so, put a kink in your numbers, huh? Yeah, they've got uh, well, our numbers were pretty darn good, and so people will likely yeah. be looking for us when we come back. And so WVNA back on board. So welcome back to our listeners in Florence. Uh, I guess they got a new tower site. Anyway, 800-259-9231 to Lawrence in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Lawrence, California, going once. How you doing? Hey there. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, I saw on your um, website that you had a video by a fellow named uh, Carl Miller who teaches common law and um, the application of common law and constitutional law in uh, the court system. There's a lot of stuff that can show up on our website. Anybody can submit whatever they want to it. So, sure, that's possible. Okay, well, I, I, I hear you. I was just wondering if anybody knew uh, how to reach uh, Carl Miller or anybody that has the five-hour uh, video course that um, he or somebody was distributing at one time. That this, uh, is, this the, is this the thing from the 90s, like really old? You know, I don't know exactly when it's from, but that's uh, that's possible. I think it could be from from '98, but you know, that's in the I computer just, age. That seems uh, very old, but in law, I would think uh, the we, best way to get your hands on that would be to search for it. Uh, usually, well, if, if there's usually it, if there's not. one video, there's typically more from that same person. I mean, I'm not oh, sure. Oh yeah, exactly. there are, many are posted on uh, Google, but there is a five-hour uh, course. That's what I was interested in. So if. Uh, well, best of luck to you. Maybe the, if they know, they could call in and let you know. But odds are good you'll have more luck with a with a search uh, than you will asking the, the people that happen to be listening tonight. But I thank you for the, the call. Just a shot in the dark. Yeah, yeah, very good. Thanks for the call at uh, 800-259-9231. Uh, we continue with your thoughts. James is listening in Rhode Island on the amp lines. Hello, James. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I want to get back to the, uh, the conversation you guys have about the uh, association with the Free State Project. Uh, yeah. I with Mark being thought, afraid to uh, label himself that way. standpoint was a little disingenuous. Whose standpoint? Um, I'm sorry, I talked over you there briefly. Um, Mark's. I thought, his, I thought his standpoint I was a little disingenuous. and um, I mean, I understand why he might say that, but um, I'd like to point out, I, I think it's pretty important that um, if you are involved in the Free State Project to show everybody that is paying attention, even uh, in the state, even the locals, um, I'm a participant of participant myself, I plan to move my business up there. I think it's important to show everybody uh, all the different personalities, all the different, um, you know, uh, topics that they like to cover, all the different moralities that fit into the Free State Project. So um, I think it would be good for him to counteract, maybe if he doesn't like what you guys are doing uh, with the civil disobedience side, to say, you know, we're not all like that. We're all individuals. And, um, you know, I want to get that out there. Well, that's what, that's what I do do, James. Um, I, I try to tell people, look, that all free staters don't believe the same thing. This is the, the only thing that I can do currently because there's no way for me to hide the fact that I'm a member of the Free State Project. I work on a nationally syndicated radio program where the Free State Project is a, uh, is a sponsor. We have been uh, members of the Free State Project, said that we were members for you know, half a decade now. And, you know, there's no way that I could in any way actually step aside. If I were a new person coming up, I don't know that I'd want all the baggage that, especially in this particular area, Keene, New Hampshire, that has been created around that. And I think that I would try to 
you know, not have that. And I can tell you that the free, several of the free staters I've talked to that are in this area that that sort of believe like I do, working through the system or, mm-hmm. or whatever, not creating a ruckus, have said the same things to me, unprompted. And that's one of the reasons that I kind of feel that way. And I, It's cowardly. I, it's cowardly. I, I, well, it, if you know, you're running for political office, they're going to ask you questions. And if you start sliming around like that, it's really going to make you look bad. I just, I just, I, I'm telling you, man, the kind of activism that's been done here has inexorably harmed people that might want to do, uh, you know, a political campaign. And well, I think good, positive, like even that the, you know, super status would hop on board activism that's been done. It just hasn't been publicized as well because, you know, when you get arrested, it, it does like make newspaper sure. articles and videos oh, and stuff true. like that. And I have a real problem with people complaining that we've tainted things because of civil disobedience or whatever, but they don't make any effort to all the energy that they put into vilifying us. They don't put that energy towards making their position bigger and better in the media. And there is ways to do that. Part of uh, I I would say the Free State Project is about efficiency. And I would honestly, if I were looking to run for office or something like that, I wouldn't look in the Monadnock region as a result. I would not come to Keene because of the activism that's been done here. I don't know. There's no doubt. It's easier. It's uh, the, the, the path less traveled. To go and and fly under the radar More and traveled. pretend like you're not a uh, you know a free stater in order to get elected. That's the easy way out. If you want a real challenge, this is the place to be. James, any other thoughts you want to share? Uh, yeah, I have another another comment, or actually another question. Really, um, I, I'm I'm thinking um, maybe the Monadnock region might be similar to how it is in Rhode Island. Here, it's something like if you were to run um, a campaign under a libertarian perspective. Um, in, say, the Providence metro area, you would have absolutely no chance. But if you went to a more isolated area and you, you had the same views, um, you would be much more likely to be receptive into that. Um, you know, politically, I'm wondering if anybody maybe uh, previously has run in the Libertarian Party in, um, you know, the Keene area where you could compare. Not that I know uh, of. I remember when I was first up here, I met a guy who was involved with the Libertarian Party, and ever since, uh, he's really been the only guy I've ever really even known of in the, the Cheshire County area that's doing anything LP, and he may not even be anymore. So the answer to that is uh, is no. It's not to say it's impossible. Uh, it's just more difficult to run as a Libertarian up here, just as it is anywhere around the, the country. Yeah, the laws are set up for the, the other two parties, the Democrats and the Republicans. I, why, I, I, and it's just... It, it's, right. Why run a third-party campaign? Campaign, we have to jump through more hoops when otherwise all you have to do to run for one of the other parties is to just pay two bucks. So you might not even have any uh, like real true perspective on somebody with the views of pure liberty uh, where they would stand. You you might not even have anything to really compare it to. I don't understand your answer to my question. To your question, what question? <laughs> yeah, I was I was asking you why uh, would you want to run as a libertarian when it's more difficult. To run as a libertarian, as opposed to just paying two dollars to run as a Democrat or Republican. Oh, I, I personally, I, I wouldn't run as a libertarian. I, oh, okay. I'm not ultra interested in politics. I, I would, I would go as far as maybe voting, and, and that's about it. I wouldn't really want right. to run for office. So then, my question was but, more uh, in regards to the reason why people won't run as libertarians. It's just more difficult. Uh, you know. Right. Yeah, I was just addressing that before because I just wanted to see something to compare it to, really. Gotcha. Um, like Andrew Carroll's race, because just because it's it's pretty like it seems widely known on all the press that he's been getting, 
that you know he, he is pretty pretty hardcore um, liberty minded. So absolutely, um, I mean they were outing him as outing him as a Nietzschean anarchist, and he ended up getting twenty eight percent. I'll of, tell you, uh, being outed vote. as a Nietzschean anarchist, I would rather have that label when I'm running for office <laughs> than I would to have a free stater label. Thanks, to, uh, James, for the it's call. It's an epithet. Is, is that the right term for it? It's an insult to be called a free stater. So especially... fix that, Mark. Yeah, if you I, hide why? if you hide why from bother? it, bother. One eight hundred two five nine. Run someplace else. Ninety two thirty one, and and keep it quiet, right? Don't tell anyone the truth. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums, so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but enough time for your call if you make it now to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, and if you want to help support the show, you can do that by going to promote.freetalklive.com. You get a whole list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations and into more people's ears around the world. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. And Meg. And King. Meg. And Mark. King. <laughs> Freudian slip, eh? <laughs> I was looking at uh, Wikipedia here, uh-huh. and Keen was right yeah, in front of me. Sure, sure. Uh-huh. Just thinking, thinking about Keen. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, oh Keen. I thought King. you said King. Oh, yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> All right. So, uh, anyway, yeah, Meg is here from libertyflare.com, by the way. Uh, 800 259 9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Now, then, there's news out of Farmington. And I don't know where that is, but it doesn't matter. I because believe that's Maine, actually. Could be. There's probably Farmingtons all over the place, but uh, it doesn't matter which Farmington it it's is. It's definitely a Farmington in Maine. Yes. Because it could be yours. It could be... Uh, it is Maine, you're right. Now that I'm looking a little further. But uh, nonetheless, it could be your town, because this kind of stuff can happen anywhere. Farmington. About a thousand marijuana plants were stolen from Farmington Law Enforcement Storage Facility Woo-hoo! overnight on Tuesday. Farmington police officers discovered the break-in at 9.30 in the morning on Wednesday, according to their police chief. An overhead garage door had been pried open, and much of the marijuana seized Tuesday in a northern Franklin County drug raid was gone, said Peck. The facility is on U.S. Route 2, also known as Farmington Falls Road. Uh, Two electronic garage doors are the only entrance to the building, according to the police chief, and the police department has the only remotes uh, to open the doors. Only the town stores equipment at the facility, he said, and nothing under the, other than the marijuana was taken. Interviews of residents in adjoining homes and in some cases less than 20 feet away turned up no witnesses, according to Peck. And rain overnight may have interfered with an attempt by a state police canine unit to track the marijuana. State police and the Maine Drug Enforcement Agency are assisting in the investigation. Officials with the MDEA didn't return requests for comment. Law enforcement bureaucrats on Tuesday night hauled the plants to the Farmington facility, according to the, their spokes bureaucrat. While town police store their evidence at the station, it's common for outside police agencies to request overnight storage at that facility. To my understanding, it was the plan to move the marijuana plants on Wednesday. So there's more to the story, but... Who knew that the plants were at the police storage facility? Police did. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Why would what they the... steal p- 
how many marijuana plants? Why would they still get- oh, a thousand of them? Yeah, you can make some money on that. You better yeah. believe you can make some money on that. So, well, hmm. I'd like to say that first off, those were stolen plants to begin with. The cops had to steal them from somebody else because I doubt yes. they grew it. Oh, well, yeah, that's true. The, the cops uh, did steal these plants, but then they stole them from themselves. Uh, at least it's my suggestion that it's the police. I have no evidence of that, none whatsoever. It's all circumstantial, uh, dear Watson, but uh, it seems to me like the police knew where the plants were. They knew where the plants were going to be stored. They had the inside information. They know what the security level is of that particular facility. They know exactly you know, what, how to get in, how to get out. They, they have the ability to case the joint, so to speak, unlike the average person who's probably never set their eyeballs inside this, uh, this particular facility. And they know when the best time to go is, and they are in the perfect position to commit a robbery on their own facility. In many cases, when you are dealing with theft, for instance, at a, at a store or a place of business, it's frequently not at the customer's. I'm not going to say how many cases. I don't know. I'm not yeah, lost. It's control. really difficult, but uh, but shrinkage, as they call it, um, you know, the loss of product is, uh, you know, employees stealing it is a big issue. The most consistent uh, and and some of the most successful forms of theft are from the inside. The people right. that who's there know it all the time, casing the joint at any time. Right. You know, they're 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 there to guard valuable stuff in a lot of cases. Uh, who knows better than somebody on the inside? So. That, yeah, oh, no, that's my suggestion. Was there, was there no damage? I'm sorry, Meg. Go ahead. No, I'm done. Was no. there any damage to the garage doors? I, I yes, it had been basically pried. Okay, so they they knew what the doors were and they knew where you know their weak points were and they yeah. It's it hard for you to imagine unlikely. somebody breaking into a police station that's not a police officer, but right? I, because otherwise I, you'd I, have I don't to know. You'd have to be in possession of the facts that the marijuana was raided. You'd have to know that this this raid went down. And according to the story, we'll give you a little more here. Uh, the DEA will be reviewing their policies uh, to as to where the evidence is stored pem- temporarily or permanently in the state as a result of this. The marijuana plants have been seized from the properties of a father and son. Tad Smith and Joseph Smith were both charged with felony cultivating marijuana after multiple law enforcement agencies discovered the plants on and around their properties. Materials linked to processing marijuana, such as packaging materials and scales, were also found during the raid. If convicted of the charge, they face 10 years in prison, which, of course, is horrible. Horrific, uh, the idea they, that these people for plants and baggies. Now That's they need to prove sad. that they actually uh, had. <laughs> Where's the evidence? Show me the plants. Seventeen handguns were also seized from the father and son during the raid. No charges were filed. So this facility was being used uh, by agencies from around you know the area. I mean, again, town police store their evidence at the station. So it's common for outside police, the story says, to request the overnight storage at this particular facility. So odds are good these guys didn't live in the town in which this particular facility had the plants. So how would they know? How would the victims of the, the theft know unless they were somehow successfully able to, to track the police? But odds are good they were arrested the day those, uh, those plants were taken. And they had no way of following the police to where they were taking yeah, those plants. That unless, was the least of their concern that day. Unless they have a network of agents. And it doesn't sound like a father and son grow. Op is likely going to be connected with Pablo Escobar, but you never know. Uh, unless they have a network of agents that somehow was around to uh, keep their eyes on the the, the police confiscating uh, all of these plants and then follow them to the containment facility. It, you know what is the most likely scenario? 
that these guys have this uh, criminal enterprise that's waiting around to try to figure out where the po- uh, the pot's being taken so they can break into a, what they presume is probably a secured facility and take it in a daring caper in the middle of the night or the cops that know their way around they know exactly where the the pot's being taken they know it's being stored there they know nobody's guarding it they know that there's no security system that they can just bust in with a crowbar who's uh, who's the most likely culprit in this case or is it the random neighbor who's nearby that happened to see the police loading a thousand marijuana plants into that facility I wouldn't bust through, uh, try to just pry up a door in order to, you know, hopefully I could find something in there. Seems to me that you're talking about some somebody with some kind of inside information, whether it's the cops, the guy who works in the, uh, you know, securing the evidence. He may not be a police officer. Some cases they are, some cases they aren't. But, uh, you know, the janitor, I don't know, but. It seems to me that you're talking about some kind of insight. Yeah, plus, for something this large, there has to be a network of people because one person in the middle of the night with a crowbar couldn't get out with thousands of plants. That's true. Yeah, that a would be a big plants, operation. Yeah. That's a great point. And that would take a truck. You know, you'd have to you'd have to back a truck up to that. It depends a on lot the size of the size of the plant, but that's uh, true. How crappy is the security system at this place? It may not exist. Who knows? Or maybe they knew exactly where the security cameras were. You still pretty much need a U-Haul truck to move a thousand plants. I mean, just about. I. It's hard for me to imagine you putting. You can't put them in a suburban. The largest sort of passenger vehicle I can think of, even a a a pickup truck with a big king. You know, one of those big uh, beds with the topper on it. It's still a thousand plants. So that's a lot of plants. I mean, I hope it was the good guys, the growers that actually got it back, but it doesn't seem likely to me. Well, it's just a lot of danger and nonsense over nothing, like absolutely nothing. Oh, There's, the plants? Yeah. yeah. The, them being taken? Sure. And and these guys are facing 10 years in jail for for growing plants. It's so crazy. So that's, you know, I just wanted to share that. And it's not unprecedented, the idea that the police would uh, commit their own caper. Having things stolen out of evidence rooms has happened time and time again in oh, departments yeah. across the country. They claim they're all secure and we've got our procedures and you've got to sign in and da da da. Well, not if you've got the right passcodes and keys and you know the right people and you can grease the right palms. I'm well, sorry. The procedures are for us, not for them. You know, even more shocking than this, uh, you know, what I find to be even a uh, larger miscarriage of justice is that there are, in fact, five Farmingtons in Wisconsin and three <laughs> Farmingtons in Pennsylvania. <laughs> uh, uh, probably about 25 Farmingtons all across America, maybe 20. How do they have five in the same state? I don't know. And this just goes to show the, 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 the kind of lack of, of, uh, uh, of creativity that the people that name towns have. Oh, yeah. I, if I were king for a day, I would make sure that the whole world, that there would only be one Paris. There would only be one Farmington. There would only be one Manhattan, one Venice. This, this crap has got to stop. Five Farmingtons in the state of Wisconsin? One in Jefferson County, one in La Crosse, one in Polk County, one in Washington County, and one in Wyapaka County. It's it's ludicrous. Get some originality, yeah, people. That's really bad. All right, we're out of time. It has been Ian here with you. And Meg. And Mark. And we'll be joining you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. 
After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart, 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. 